at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Sip Pop Writer's Room After Dark or Afternoon, depending on which hemisphere you live in. Uh, it is it is either Friday night or Saturday afternoon when we are recording this. And that is uh, that is a fun, fun place to be because we will see like in, in two hours, Shane and I are going to be loopy and out of control and un- unhinged, I think is the way we've been describing this. And Alice is going to be. Like the one trying to keep the peace, you know. So <laughs> I don't know. Like it is, it's one p.m. on a Saturday. I'm I'm getting ready to party later tonight. <laughs> I'm getting ready to party party later this episode. Yeah, I've got my <laughs> drinks handy. So um, I don't just party. unscrew the cap for easy access. Um, <laughs> I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron. Of course, in this uh, year, as Every year so far, I am joined by Civ Pop staff writer Shane. Hello, everyone. As well as Alice. G'day, g'day. Shane and Alice are the, the people that have been doing this from the beginning. So until there comes a day that we can't do this, that's kind of how I see this going. Um, but uh, Yay. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll see. I don't know. I feel like uh, I, I feel like. A little variety each year is is a good thing, and we definitely have something um, to to kind of be something that we're going to try out, see how this works. Um, it'll either go really well or really poorly, so um, <laughs> we will find that out soon. But it, Alice and Shane, Alice watches every movie made for the Oscars, um, and Shane just watches every movie ever. So um, that's the reason why uh, you'll get to hear their voices. Um, this I I watched most of the movies that came out last year, at least most of the big hitters. So I will be pretty. Um, up to date on all of this um, but when we talk about next year's oscars like guys i gotta get some watching to do I've, I've seen four of the best picture nominees and we're a week away from the ceremony so and i all bet right. you can guess which four <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's avatar um uh, banshees top gun and everything ever all at once so <laughs> now, if they would have nominated babylon for best picture then that would have been five but anyway uh, um <laughs> No, I think they made the right decision. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. You can't say. Uh. Okay. Well, uh, by the time the episode comes out, I will have. And I think they'll have made the right decision. I think nope. I can safely say that. Nope. Uh, quick reminder of the rules. We will go through 10 categories that we have picked out. Cinematography, score, original song, animated, international, original screenplay, adapted screenplay, supporting actor, supporting actress, lead actor, lead actress, lead actor, um, Best Director and Best Picture. Those are the categories that we'll be talking about. But from the 2022 awards covering 2021 films, the idea of this podcast is that we are taking a look at last year's Oscar ceremony in review to see did the Oscars give out the right awards with just the smallest bit of hindsight. And guys, I, I listened to last year's episode in preparation to this to kind of see if we talked about introducing any new rules or anything. And I even think we made some mistakes last year. So um it just look just hindsight things you know so um, interesting yeah some some votes that i would have definitely changed i can't think of the specifics off the top of my head but just we're just trying to look at this with a little bit of hindsight so um yeah we um 
we will do that. The, the, the one kind of catch that we have is we have a wild card. So we cannot change the nominations at all. Um, we are allowed to pick the winner. Um, it's a majority vote. We have to reach a majority. And um, that means that if we're at a three-way tie like we were last year for best director, we have to reach a compromise. Um, and that means somebody's going to have to cave in. So we have to reach a majority. And that is our declared winner for the Oscars one year in retrospect. We do have a wild card each though that uh, you can use for any category a wild card replaces a nomination for example if you want to take um what's what's a, what's a movie that didn't get um any love or probably wouldn't have let's say um uh, the green knight <laughs> uh, i was trying to think of more something like yeah right oscar nominated you know suicide squad or whatever um but the suicide squad was that year and um you know, anyway, yep. um, for example, part two, <laughs> sure. A quiet place part two, a film that I'm sure we're not going to talk about at all later this because I'm not nominating it. Anyway, if somebody decided, <laughs> you know what? Okay. I think a quiet place part two belonged in the best picture category. Then you have to replace a best picture nominee. That is your choice solely um, on what you're choosing to replace. Um, and then, and then we have to take a vote. So we will ask for wild cards before we officially cast uh, our votes um you will play your your wild card after each or after each nominee nominee in the category has been said before we officially declare a winner the twist that we're going to have this year is because i feel like i was listening through last week's episode and we were all talking about how much we adored palm springs but we all used our wild card by the time we got the best picture category so i thought let's take this thing we each come ready with three wild cards total three total mm -hmm. and we can mention the ones that we picked um but uh but that that but you only get to officially use your one as normal however let's say for last year for palm springs we had all used uh, shane had used his for um, best director for chris nolan for tenet i had used mine for best supporting actor for actress for dominique fishback from judas and the black messiah and alice had used hers for best lead actress for elizabeth moss for the invisible man so by the time we got to the best picture category, nobody had a wild card left. So we couldn't put Palm Springs in. So the way this will work this year is we have, th we each have three, right? And um, you can use one like normal, but um, if we get, if we all have the same one, it does not count against anybody's. We will count it as a collective group wild card so we're gonna see how this goes i feel like this might be and there was look there was no kibitzen earlier i don't know what their wild cards are i have a guess uh i don't know what their wild cards are but if, if only two of us have it um and not the third that it doesn't count so um hopefully that makes sense uh alice shane i would like to confirm that you th have your three that you are going to pick as your wild cards ready they are ready yes. okay and as a reminder, you can use one if it is, you know, as normal, um, still in addition to a collective. It's not one of those you used your ones, so you can't have the collective. So, but it just means that if you use one for best actress, you can't use it for best picture. So, um, also remember that. <laughs> um, I think that hopefully explains it. Maybe that makes more sense as we go along. We will not discuss each nominee in each category briefly. I think I've touched on all the rules. Um, so before we get into it, everything real quick, um, a chance for people to connect with you guys. Shane, let's start with you. 
So probably the easiest thing is to follow the Wasteland Reviewer on Instagram because I shamelessly plug everything on there that I do, but I do have the Wasteland Review YouTube channel where I basically review movies, TV, books, other things maybe sometimes, and I have a couple different shows Probably my, I have an interview show, which I've had both of these wonderful people on before, and uh, my show where I take a dive into a particular director, like I'm in the middle of doing John, all of John Carpenter's films. I write for Sif Pop, I write for Scribe Magazine, I do a whole bunch of podcasts, or Scribe podcast as well, including doing some interviews, and then I have my own little podcast called The Cinematic Wasteland, which honestly is just me wanting to take a trip through the history of cinema and I'm in the year 1902. Woo. So watching some really old films, which is fun. And I think that mostly covers it. Woo. Uh, Alice, people, ways people connect, connect with you. I just realized that I had my mic on mute. Classic. Uh, it's like we're on a Zoom call at work. <laughs> um, no. uh, yeah, so I mean, I obviously write for Sif Pop. I have my monthly column. So the one for February will be coming out soon. Uh, one Stop Pop, where I recommend media based on the most popular movie or unpopular movie of the month previous mm-hmm. um and obviously reviews and that as well and then uh if you just want to connect me with me in general it's ali g mick m-i-c-h on instagram and letterboxd but i also have a youtube channel clean slate reviews where me and a friend from work um basically get to <laughs> basically get together and, and discuss all things movies now we've been on a we've been on a break for a little bit just because holidays i recently went on a trip to overseas he recently got married but we're in the middle of editing our most recent suites uh, of content and that will be releasing soon. Congrats to your friend at work. Oh, thank you. I will let him know. (laughs) All went well. He's very happy. And as a reminder, plenty of perks you can find on Patreon, patreon.com slash SwiftPopWR, such as getting this episode earlier than everybody else, uh, as well as other fun perks like getting every episode earlier and hearing my thoughts on real time for movies that come out in 2023. Um, after I see a movie, the plan is within a day or two that I have a thing recorded on that and uploaded for the $10 and up tier. So make sure to check out the uh, patreon.com. Yeah, be a cool kid like me. Be a cool kid. That's right. Uh, if you log on a Patreon as this episode is live, there should be um, an Ant-Man and the Quantum, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania review, um, a Cocaine Bear review, and more than likely a Creed 3 review, with the possibility of a Scream 6 review as well. So, um, plenty of good stuff, because I think I'm seeing Creed in the next day or two. And I already saw Cocaine Bear, I just need to record it and... Gosh, I really want to see Scream 6. <laughs> so um, I just got to get that Thursday night off. Anyway, we'll see. Um, let's dive into it then. The 2022 Oscar Awards for 2021 films. Um, I have a quick... I meant to ask this off air. I have a quick <laughs> question because we were, we were in this weird um, COVID era. And mm-hmm. like still, right, in terms of like where things are at. So we have a lot of movies that like go directly to streaming services and things like that. I think it's safe to say that we are not as big of prudes as the Academy. So let's take Prey for this year, for example. Mm. Like if we really wanted to, we would consider or the Prey Weird Al movie. All, all or the Weird Al movie in all eligibility in, in full, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, I yeah. wanted to clarify that, um, and I wanted to see, and because I was, guys, let me tell you this: I was so ready, so <laughs> ready to use my wild card in the first category or two, because I was going to use my wild card to put Derek Delgado's in in and of itself in the documentary category, and then I realized we are not talking about documentaries, <laughs> so. But it's a Hulu choice, original. Aaron. It's it's an adaptation. It's not really a documentary, but like mm. I think that I think that would be a category that I think makes sense. I think you can put that in there, and it would work. Mm. And so I would be like, I'm going to propose this. You guys can veto it, and I'll use it somewhere else. But if if uh, Flea is in there, then like if Flea's a documentary, I'm sh- sure in and of itself would count. I mean, but I'm sure Flea. But like Flea is something that was made, like in and of itself, as a recorded stage play, like a very well recorded stage yeah. play, but, but Honestly, it was made for the stage. I, I, Flea was made for the screen. Yeah, I do think that, um, you know, the Academy needs to stop with this. It has to be in theaters because it's so stupid how some of them are like, it was in theaters for a week. And I mean, let's well, think about the short films, okay? Yeah. I, I well, this year, for the first time, was actually able to go to a movie theater near me and watch the animated and the live action shorts, which I did literally last night and or the night before rather and i'm like when else would any normal human ever have gotten access to those and that's the same with even some like foreign language and documentary films where i'm like "Mm, come on just if it's in streaming that means more people saw it like who cares it's not like the people of the academy are going to the theaters to see it they're getting it sent to their home so sure i thought it was so weird i thought we'd cross that threshold because coda was the best picture winner last year apple plus original And then they just refuse to nominate things like Prey. I mean, and mm. not saying Prey should have been nominated uh, per se, but like, yeah, they're just ignoring streaming exclusives again this year. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I just wanted to make sure that was all clear out there. We're not going to be yeah. as prudish about things that qualify and don't. If there's a problem, we can mention it. The other thing I wanted to clarify, Judas and the Black Messiah is technically a 2021 release, but mm. they extended the window to I think all movies that were released in January and February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um that that those would count in last year's Oscars. And I am so surprised because I was listening to the last episode and nobody used a wild card on Edgar's Prayer from Barb and Stargo to Vista Del Mar, which is a February release in 2021, meaning it was ineligible. So like it would be ineligible for this year's podcast. Because mm-hmm. I 100% had that lined up ready to be used as a wild card, but I should have used it last year and I didn't. So anyway, um, okay. Getting that stuff out of the way. So really this is just March to December, 2021 films. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to get those two. We're in a weird time. Okay. I think that's <laughs> yep. all the things I had questions about. Let's finally get into it. Cinematography. Um, we're going to yes. start with the nominees and we will end on the actual winner. Um, so let's start with the way I have it listed here. Nightmare Alley, uh, Dan Lauston. Um, I saw that Criterion is going to release a black and white version of this yeah. movie. I'm not surprised. I'm going to get it. That sounds awesome. Um, I love this movie and it's gorgeous to look. I'm really excited to see that black and white version. Guillermo del Toro films are generally pretty gorgeous. And yeah. Dan Lauston did a really good job with Shape of Water. Did it with Nightmare Alley. And John Wick Chapter 2. That's a weird oh. trio. It's like it when you're like, yeah, movie. Damien Chazelle made La La Land and Whiplash and was a screenwriter on 10 Cloverfield Lane. You're like, huh, that's 
one of these things is not random. like the other. Uh, <laughs> also a great movie, Alice, though. You sound relatively unimpressed when we mention Nightmare Alley. Uh, I mean, I'm not unimpressed. I'm just not impressed. Like, I watched it. I liked it. I just, maybe I was in the wrong state. I, I mean, to be fair, I did watch it at the right, like, I feel like the right time of day. It was like 10 p.m. when I started watching it. So it was very eerie and creepy and stuff. But I don't know. I just watched it and I was like, yeah, I literally haven't thought about it until you just said it then. So clearly for me, it just didn't quite hit in the same way. Okay. Yeah, Ironically, I think the great. it's got two major contenders from this year's Oscars involved as well it with does. Guillermo del Toro and Kate Blanchett, though. It does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I love like, Nightmare Alley. It's one that I haven't seen since Oscars weekend last year, but it's it's it. I don't, it's not a movie that I think you want to watch more than once every like four or five years, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's traumatic. It, and I found it. I found it to be so watching Oscars last week last year having seen it a month prior or two months prior or whatever I found it to be so slow um and it felt like it took Dune on a rewatch felt significantly shorter and this one on a rewatch felt significantly longer so anyway I love the movie still and uh cinematography is gorgeous um to me that I do agree with the cinematography was really excellent I do th- and this is a movie I do think a black and white version would improve. It's not just the, oh, look, let's do a black and white version to get more yeah. sales sort of thing. I'm going to pick it up. I mean, provided that it also has a color version. Like, because I know Parasite has the color and the black and white. Like, they're separate discs, but they're the same bundle. Yeah. And, like, I don't know that they plan on releasing it, like, only with black and white, you know. So, mm. But, yeah, one of those movies that I'm for sure, like, oh, yeah, that'll be cool. Like, I know Logan did it. Um, yeah. I know um, Mad Max Fury Road did it. <laughs> Um, what did you say, Shane? The black and chrome edition of yeah, the black Mad and chrome Max edition. Fury Road. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, um, a movie that we will be talking about a lot this year, The Power of the Dog. Um, this is a gorgeous cinematography. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, oh, um, Ari Wegner doing it, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I have these listed down. I want to I want to give proper attribution to the people involved. So um. It's kind of stunning how good this one looks. And like, it's also, this is a movie that has really grown on me. I haven't seen it since last. I haven't seen any of these movies. I don't think since last year's Oscars with the exception of maybe one, like of the, the main hitters, you know, but Mm. I certainly picked up the criterion release on day one uh, on 4k. So, um, which if you would have told me that the first time I saw the movie, I'd have been like, really? So, uh, but this is, this is stunning, but can we expect anything different from modern westerns? Like name name a recent modern western that isn't visually stunning. You do uh, have a lot to well, work with. <laughs> I could name a few, but that's because I watch everything. Yeah, but <laughs> of the well, main ones, Shane. You look at even the ones that are like not your traditional. Oh, I guess you look at your ones that are not your awards baity ones. The harder they fall, and the Magnificent Seven, the Fuqua one, they're still gorgeous to look at. Mm. And then, and then you watch Nick Cage's The Old Way and then wonder what the hell happened making this movie. <laughs> yeah. Drugs. No, look. Something else that should be said, you know, um, she's a woman uh, cinematographer and sure. also from Melbourne. So yay for, for representation. Represent. Yeah, but also, no, I do like the movie. I It's not my favorite movie in the entire world, but it was beautiful. Like you could just get lost in the vistas and everything. And yeah, no, agreed. Westerns. They have the, you know, you've got the sun and the 
like wide open spaces wide open and, landscapes of, of yeah, mountains the in shadows. the background you have yeah. so much honestly if you don't get nominated when you do a prestige western then you should probably consider your job <laughs> you didn't uh, do your job yeah. and then we'll move on to a movie that i still haven't gotten around to seeing mostly because it came out and nobody talked about it and nobody's talked about this movie in a year uh the tragedy of Macbeth. except for shade <laughs> two very different reactions is this an example of movie was released in black and white so academy is going to give it cinematography one love this or? is well i might be tipping my hand here but this is an incredibly striking movie and everything from a visual and technical perspective about this was quite amazing to me and what they were able to do balancing like actual like visuals of landscapes and then also strange hybrid sets and stuff like that. And just all the camera work and the black and white just works so well for this film. Yep. Okay. No, I'll take I, your word for I, it. <laughs> I fell, I fell asleep. It was, it was, it did have some really, really pretty, like I will agree. The photography was quite stark and the black and white did emphasize that, but as a movie and uh, this is a person who studied Shakespeare for a lot of her life and knows Macbeth and likes Macbeth and I still was like oh I just missed 15 minutes <laughs> so tipping my hand maybe <laughs> you missed like uh, a seventh or a sixth of the movie because it's only like an hour and 45 yeah. minutes <laughs> yep and I, and I did forget to mention Bruno Delbonnel doing the mm-hmm. um and I'm it sure I'm butchering a lot of the names, but that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was busy, you know, elsewhere. What was yeah, he he's no on? longer making Cohen's movies, which single tear going down there. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, West Side Story is our final nominee that didn't win, uh, Janice Kaminsky. Um, lens flares. <laughs> so many lens flares. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just think about the hand fasting scene. I remember yep. it was just like, shing. And I was like, yep. is this beautiful or annoying? I can't it's decide. Both. It can be both, right? <laughs> yeah. I I guess, well, this is interesting since I watched all of Steven Spielberg's films last year and seeing as Kaminsky shot every single one of them since uh, um, Schindler's List. I yeah. kind of was just like, this doesn't even bother me anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's not Minority Report. Where I'm like, I feel like I'm gonna be blinded, blinded by yeah. the light. Um, yeah. but like this is a gorgeous film, and yeah. I'll I'll talk more yeah. about just how amazingly put together this is. This is one of the few films that I have actually watched again since the Oscars. And yeah, was it for my Spielberg series? Yes. But <laughs> I counts. loved it even more the second time around, so this is um I, I love the cinematography for this movie, but this is this is one of those where I wonder look, I'm not trying to discredit the cinematography, but like costumes, makeup, hairstyling are so perfect in this movie. Props and set design are so perfect in this movie. Set design was beautiful. I do Actors agree. and acting and choreography were so perfect in this movie. Like I could have showed up with a 
uh, Samsung Galaxy S3 and shot this movie, and it could have been nominated for cinematography, right? Like, yeah, I could have, I could have showed up with an iPhone two, and it, and it would have been like, yeah, this is gorgeous, right? Well, even like, the original film shot like they're shooting a performance, right? Like on the stage, this feels dynamic. This feels cinematic, and it's textured and rich. Right, those colors just pop. Well, that's why I'm like, and, I don't like, I don't want to discredit the cinematography, but I'm like, it is one of those that like everything on this movie is a technical masterpiece, right? Like, yeah. Well, then, well, you shouldn't discredit it because everything <laughs> else is great too. No, and that's why I say like, I'm not trying to discredit it, right? But I'm saying like, you know, what, it kind of sounds cinema- like what, you are. <laughs> what What did the cinematographer do for this movie besides just add lens flares, right? Like. <laughs> You would tell you Shane's would notice gonna a get big mad. difference if it wasn't quality cinematography. Yeah. So this, this is I was tempted I, I, to actually use my wild card on this one. Oh. And then I'm sitting here thinking about this. I'm just like, I don't know what I would take out. So mm. I decide not to. Interesting. Mm. Um yeah, so the uh I think this is one of the most gorgeous looking movies of the year, and I definitely like I was a big hater on this movie when it came out. I still have my problems with it, but I am I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people by showing a lot of love to movies that I didn't last year. So, um, I've come around on this movie in every regard except to story and character motivations. Um, they will never <laughs> appeal to me. Um, so the main bits. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Right. So that's why I'm still like I don't like this story. I don't like these characters. I love this movie. You know. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um. Love is it's a almost like I love they should have just done, done a different original musical and not just done oh, another West Side Story adaptation. Interesting. Hmm. No, we can't have original ideas in Hollywood. Anyway, <laughs> uh, then we get the winner, Dune, Greg Fraser, um, working on this uh, film. Uh, again, stunning. Very much westerns, like wide sweeping landscapes, but it's de- desert planet, obviously. And worms. And worms, plenty of uh, gorgeous special effects, um, gorgeous uh, sweeping shots and um, like really intense close ups and really intense, like far away shots. Just really shots. intense, I think, is how you can describe yeah. the film. And, uh, <laughs> like shots of morbidly obese. Stellan Skarsgård's. Yeah, <laughs> like gore- gorgeous lighting. Like that's the thing for me. Like about like the like the scenes where it's super bright. Like you kind of feel it. It hurts your eyes. You're like, am I on the planet? It's like that's kind of what they want you to feel, right? Yeah. And then like, and then like the super dark where you're like looking in, trying to squint real hard to be. And like, then you get terrified. Yeah, right. I yeah. Say, like after, the, uh... after I walked out of this film because I saw it in IMAX and I just felt assaulted. Like I just yeah. felt like <laughs> it was so loud, but not not just what I mean phonically. I also just mean visually and everything. It's just it was so much, and I walked out and I was like, my brain requires at least seventy four minutes of just like meditation, and then I will think about what I thought about this movie. So, yeah, cinematography definitely played into that. Uh, Can I ask, does anybody plan on using a wild card this round? I've decided not to. Okay. All right, Shane, I am curious. What is the one that you really want to put in here? Unofficially, off the record. The Green Knight. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, You you will hear love for that movie from me today, because this was a travesty that got zero love at all at the oscars 
and you but will it, hear me defending the Oscars. Um. <laughs> well, I don't think you could argue just how incredible all of the technical aspects of that yeah, movie. Yeah, were. yeah, yeah. Cinematography so. is for sure one that I'd be like, I'm not gonna vote it, but like I understand. So. Um, guys, I'm actually really struggling which one I'm going to vote. I'm kind of torn between three. So um, somebody oh, kick us off. What are you voting? I'm, I'm keeping with the winner. For me, it's Dune. I just, I, like I said, I was affected by the visuals of that movie. So for me, that has to be the winner. Okay. Uh, Shane? Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm really stuck between Dune, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I think I was leaning West Side Story actually coming into this. Um, oh dear! I will a make my <laughs> I will make my official submission West Side Story. I will be the first to cave and say Dune, though. Okay. Like I feel I was like also that's... willing to switch to break the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm gonna make... I don't think you could... here's the thing you can't argue that Dune wouldn't deserve any of the technical awards right. of the show, which is right. why it won all of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's why I'm like, look, I understand the power of the dog. It feels like a little bit more safe of a bet than Dune, mm. um, because like like we said, if you can't shoot a western right, why are you working um, in the industry? Uh, but like, I, I, even though I was kind of ragging on West Side Story, I think it was a little bit to like kind of me almost to surprise you when I said, I think I'm going to vote West Side Story for this one. Cause it, 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 it just is so, so great to look at. Um, so it's, it's the reason why we left Sposkers and I, and I had just seen it for a second time, really not cared for it that much, but I still ordered the 4k steel book because I'm like, I want to watch this movie a hundred times before I die. <laughs> and yeah. I will still hate watch it the hundredth time. But hate watches like hate watch, you know, Ansel Elgort being a bad actor and, uh, uh, having no chemistry Harrison. with the lead and, and being a person <laughs> that I absolutely do not want to root for. Anyway, um, but yeah, so so my official Rachel, vote Rachel Zegler's Rachel Zegler's there and she's very good and she's going to be in the Hunger Games prequel soon, so you can root for her. And Shazam, <laughs> uh, this week, yeah. Shazam. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so take your pick, whatever headcanon you want. Shane or I caving for Dune. Either way, one of us caves for Dune, Dune's but it winning. initially started off so. as a three way tie. Yeah. Very nice. As it I did should not have be. any that I was considering for um, cinematography. Uh, let's move on to best score then. Um, we'll, mm. move, we'll start again. Same thing. We'll end on the winner. Uh, Don't look up is the first one that was nominated that didn't win. Um, do you guys remember this having a score? Oh yeah, I do because it was a weird one. It was like I remember watching the movie and it was a really bizarre and chaotic score, which I think was the point. Sure. I haven't listened to it that much since then because it's not exactly the most relaxing thing to put on when I'm trying to focus, but yeah. I do remember it. I don't recall it very well. I just recall this movie just frustrating me a lot. So that's most of the feelings I have when I think about Don't Look Up. You and many just, others from what I every, remember. I just don't remember this movie on an on a audio experience other than dialogue. So I, mm. yeah, I, we, we said this, screaming Leo, we said this every year so far, but it's like a year removed. I should be able to kind of hum the score in my head or at least remember a moment, you know? And mm. if I can't remember that the movie even had a score, like don't look up, that's kind of a problem when it's nominated. So, um, spoilers, I'm not voting it. Um, and Kanto, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
These are these are those really interesting ones where it's like, yes, it's a gorgeous score, but it's like it it's just a reprise of a song. Like, how, how do dare we? You? It it how is dare right. Dare you? No, there are repri- reprises for sure, but it is a beautiful score. It is so nice, yeah. and it pairs up perfectly, Aaron. But I'm saying, if half of your soundtrack is just you know your songs without cool. lyrics like no i get but that's what's just like one of those that's like eh. like it just it just kind of confuses and baffles me i'm not trying to take it out of the category i'm not trying to say it doesn't deserve to be in here it's it's well, just one of those that has always this every other time we have a musical on here fine yeah. deal <laughs> yep. uh, i'll never forget did you but like yeah, the score uh, of la la land aaron because that was the up. same uh, <laughs> so <laughs> uh there yeah, you go but, but but shut up, Alice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you use my own logic at me? Don't you do that? <laughs> this is my podcast. I can mute. I have the power to mute you. <laughs> the people will know. They'll rise up <laughs> in the comments. No, it, look, this is a great movie. It's 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 visually and audi- audi- audibly gorgeous. Yep. We don't talk about Bruno. Is it okay to talk about Bruno yet? Like. Oh, when when does I that have expire? Many things to say about Bruno. <laughs> I, w- I was just listening to Family Madrigal this um, earlier today on my, one of my playlists, mm. and th- I just love the music in this movie oh, so much. It's so good. Then yeah. it's one of those that like Man knows I missed what out. Doing. I missed out on buying the Steelbook when it came out because I'm like it w- it was released on Disney Plus simultaneously. Surely that mm. Steelbook is going to be like thirteen dollars in a week, and I and I'm going to grab it because Disney wants to make some money. But it's like nope, they didn't produce a lot, so. People that wanted it got it, and it was there, but they were it never dropped on sale. But they re they re released that hundredth anniversary line, and I'm like, all right, once that goes on sale, you know, I re- I realize it'll be on Disney Plus, but you know what? What happens when the internet goes out? Um, and disc always looks better than the digital every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Streaming is really the only way to get true 4K. I mean, not streaming, not streaming. Physical. Was, Sorry, right, my brain. Yeah, right. just, my brain understood what I was saying, and my mouth didn't. I was like, "You streaming... just agreed with me and contradicted me." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, streaming will never be true. 4K only physical copies will be. Uh, Parallel Mothers. I haven't seen this one. Did you guys? Yeah, I this, did. The score in this is great. I remember sitting there listening to this and just being like, "Holy crap!" Like yeah. I didn't expect to walk into this movie remembering the score like i did but like this is like a really good score and that actually made me really happy when it got acknowledged for that because i really wanted this to get nominated for international film too but didn't um yeah but the the score is actually a really impressive score i agree i remember being like watching the movie and i wasn't i'll admit i wasn't fully committing myself to the watch because i was like "Eh, i'm not gonna enjoy this one so i was cooking while i was watching it and then i just kept stopping and then watching it and then you know even when i wasn't i was hearing the score and being like oh and that would make me stop and watch it i was i was surprised i did not expect any of that nice i was just expecting to be like it's colorful yeah, Penelope Cruz is in it, but Dutch. and yeah, overdramatic. Well, I thought it was going to be really overdramatic, and I was just going to be like, okay, well, and then it wasn't. <laughs> yep. Uh, then we have the power of the dog. Um, this is one of those. I'm like, yeah, it's really pretty. It's it's gorgeous. It's got some great violin in it, and um, it's it's yep. it's one of those movies. 
I, I feel like we talked about movies on the podcast, maybe, maybe about a year ago, uh, I think on a goats episode, I think it was back to back where, um, the, where the beep, where it was movies that you could watch without listening to, um, and movies that you can listen to without watching. And mm. I feel like this, this applies to both categories. I feel like this movie is just yeah. really masterful on both audio and visual levels. I mean, I feel like it would work less on a visual level because like you would really have no context for what's going on unless you'd seen the movie going on before. But like it's, it's got stunning cinematography, but yeah, I feel like this is as much as we just praise the cinematography, like you could close your eyes and be taken away for this, Mm. for, for the way this movie sounds score and dialogue and all that, but score score mostly is in the context of this category. Yeah. yeah, the work that he's done with um, Paul Thomas Anderson really put him on the map for doing scores and channeling, like, there, w- there Will Be Blood just haunts me. Mm. <laughs> the same music that he came up for that movie. But, like, this is this was a really good score, and it was the right level of, like, feeling uncomfortable watching some really messed up things going on in this movie. Yeah, sure. I loved. Yeah, I love Phantom Thread. I remember that score was yes. like so. Just I was watching it. So I was good. I was thinking about it the other day while I was watching Mrs. Harrison goes <laughs> to Paris. <laughs> oh, don't mind my dog. Nice. Um, sorry, uh, my dogs are freaking out, so I'm gonna go mute for a sec. You guys talk for a sec. Sure. Um, we'll kick off the winner, uh, Dune Hans Zimmer. Uh, this. It's just stunning, right? Like, and I remember hearing, I, I watched a YouTube video like a week ago, actually, um, that was somebody breaking down and explaining why Dune, why the score for Dune is like a complete masterpiece and like explaining like all the technical things that are going on in it and explaining um, like, like not that it's like, oh yeah, it just sounds big and bombastic, but it's like, hold on, now we're juxtaposing this with that. And like, mm-hmm. Look, I didn't need that to understand that this was a great score, but it certainly helped my experience. And this is this is one of those movies that, man, like, I don't want to be that guy here in 2023 now, but it's like, this is a movie that warranted a big screen watch. And I never yes. saw it on the big screen. So I'll be I'll be excited when Dune Part 2 comes out later this year to, to see. I'm the sure they're going to do one of those like. We've but, re-released Dune yeah. Part One, and then all you know what they should do is what they used to do for the series Part Ones, Part Twos, like Harry Potter and Breaking Dawn, where they show you Part One and then in the same theater release Part yeah. Two, and you can just experience. It'll be yeah. the only problem with that is that's not going to be the IMAX showing, and yeah, yeah, I would oh, love to do it back to back in the I, IMAX. IMAX do real releases all the time. Like, I mean, but I'm saying they won't won't sell separately. You watch Mm. both of them. Like, I mean, I guess maybe because like, especially the IMAX theater, that's Mm. what else is going to (laughs) be. They're going to be putting out there in October. No, but I'm saying like, there's going to be so many people that want to go that night that don't want to pay the double feature. Right, so what are they going to say? Well, Still charge the double do feature the price, and you only night. show up to the second. So no, they they I'm, might literally just do one. Like you can buy both sessions, or you can just buy one session. Yeah, but then you have to like. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm 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 curious. Like it's gotten to the point at my theaters where they can have two or three IMAX showings on opening night. So I wonder, do you just make the do you, mm. do you just make the the first showing a double feature and then that's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would make uh, or, sense. or maybe a special engagement. Come see it Wednesday night instead of Thursday night as a double feature. And 
you, you buy tickets to both. So even if you're only going to show up to the second one, too bad. You, you're paying the full price for both. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, just a, a complete masterpiece. And um, you know, I, I saw I saw this movie for the second time at, at Dicer's house. And I feel like that's close enough to a theater, you know. Mm. So uh, I did see this on the big screen with three babies. Amazing. That was a fun time. They really added layers to the score uh, with their crying and then a teenager yelling at them like a I'm sure child. You, was there a part where you were like, is this part of it? Oh, no, that's my theater. It's not the movie. No, I just imagine like the really creepy um, plant being like, like that was all together. That was exactly what was That was an interesting choice. Yeah. Yep. 100%. I'm voting Dune. Um, you didn't even ask if we were going to use a wild card. I did I know. Uh, okay, my bad. Um, guys, goodbye, don't look on. up. Okay. Um, Shane, what would you like to replace Don't Look Up with? I'm putting Daniel Hart for the Green Knight, and I'm voting for it. I'm still voting Dune. Okay, well, number two, and it's another three-way tie, because I'm doing Encanto. <laughs> So I just I really do like the Dune one, but I just I would rather go back to the Encanto one before I go back to the Dune score if I'm listening. I, that's fair to say, right? Like I feel like yeah, I mean the Dune's not Dune one is not one that I put on in the background or put on mm-hmm. while I'm you know I want to listen to some music music to enjoy my car ride. Dune. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> it really gets you into the drive. I throw I would, Fury Road. Just get I, you know what? I agree. Team. Fury Road is a fantastic score to drive to and just listen to when you really <laughs> need As to I get told into you, really the only thing I'm listening to right now is is podcast mostly about hockey because the trade deadline was today. And and Babylon, Babylon soundtrack. So <laughs> Um, I'm not going to budge because I just pulled my <laughs> wild card for this one. And yeah. I, I want the green Knight to get some love. Damn it. <laughs> so I would love to vote with you, Shane, but I still haven't seen the green Knight, So I can't, I can't in good conscience do this. Well, oh, actually, that's another one that I've actually watched multiple times. I, I really, the thing is, I really out. want to, like, I really want to, but I've been like, I think that I'm so, I need to be in the right mood and really give my full attention to it. And I just haven't had that opportunity, which is too bad for today. <laughs> I need my, I need my A24 pal Robert here. <laughs> All right. So... I love A24. Thank you very much. Well, no, you haven't seen it yet though. Yeah, that's true. So that's not going to help in this situation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So Shane's not going to budge and that's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> Um, but I'm not voting Green Knight either, which means neither of us are going to budge to you, which means, Alice, which one of us is going to budge to the other? Okay, gosh, I don't know. Oh, but Encanto deserves it. And Dune <laughs> deserves it. All right. I would argue deserves it more. <laughs> I'll budge. I'll budge to Dune, even though it's not like Hans Zimmer needs another Oscar exactly. Yeah, right. And he, I will say this, okay. His score, while excellent in Dune, isn't you can you can sense uh, inspiration from his other scores, shall we say, in the Dune. Score. Yeah, it's Hans Zimmer, duh. I, well, yeah. Well, I would say that the I Encanto probably would have one. Picked, 
Yeah. I would have picked Encanto if I was going to budge. Mm, but yeah. I kind okay. of put myself in a hole. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. See, that's the thing. I don't want to budge because I think that between the two of them, Encanto serves its movie and it's better and it's so unique. Like, you're not going to watch another Disney movie and be like, oh, that just sounds like Encanto. While I would watch another Hans Zimmer movie and be like, oh, that sounds like Dune, for example. Well, you know what? You know- <gasps> Let's yes. throw some chaos in the mix. I'm going to vote Encanto. <gasps> yes! <laughs> I won't forget this. <laughs> All right. Aaron's so For my name's mad. sake, Shane Encanto. So. That's okay. That's okay. Look, you, look! I'm not as mad as Robert is going to be listening to this. So <laughs> it's good. I just think Encanto's better. Okay, that's all. And I just, to be oh, honest, I, was... I probably would have voted. Uh, I really like the Dune score, but I probably would have voted for Parallel Mothers over that too. So well, let's not let's not te- bring that into this. <laughs> but no, we're done. Already, we voted for Encanto. We're moving Encanto. on. Before yeah. we move on, um, I would like to point out there was four that I was considering for wild cards that didn't that I'm not officially using. So I just want to briefly mention. Yep. I I seriously considered putting Last Night in Soho in this category. Moving on. Mm. Um, original mm. song. I mm-hmm. love Last Night in Soho. Still do. You know what I don't love? Diane Warren. <laughs> and all of her stupid Oscar nominations. <laughs> I agree. I was like, uh, come on. Guys, I, I said it. I'm yeah. moving on now. <laughs> we, we started off with two very different. Somebody has to budge. I have a feeling it's going to be close to unanimous. Let's see. Um, we will start off again with the order I have here, not the mm-hmm. winner. So be alive from Key Richard. This is Dixon and Beyonce. <sighs> this is fine. I don't even remember a, this. I just it's, remember it's it because fine. of the opening, the opening ceremony yeah, of the that. Oscars, and everyone was like, "Why is everyone green? What is Beyonce?" And it's like, "Oh, it's <laughs> the song from King Richard. <laughs> it's weird. Look, I don't like it. Make it stop." Look, if she hasn't already, Queen Bee will get an Oscar for original song someday, right? I don't think she has yet. Uh, well, she's she has the one for the Lion King. She right, did. What, she doesn't. Didn't. Does she have the one for Woman King this year? Is that? Am I? No. No. Woman no. King. Woman King doesn't have a song I this year. It, it's um. Uh, uh, Rihanna has it for Wakanda Forever. Right, Rihanna has Black Panther, right? And then yeah. Gaga has the, it for Top Gun. It's Lady Gaga. Yeah, and then there's. I was so excited. I have to say this. I was so excited to see Sun Lux in there for Everything Everywhere All at Once because I remember listening to that song and being like. This is actually amazing, but never expecting anything else. And then it got nominated, and I was like, "What?" So that was so. Um, this was her first Oscar nomination for Beyonce. Yeah, it was. Damn. Which is interesting. yeah, because I thought I thought yeah again for um for Beyonce, but anyway uh, for Lion King. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it's fine. It's a fine song. Yeah, I honestly don't remember it beyond the opening ceremony. No. <laughs> I'm also extremely biased against songs that just you know pop up or in, in the credits oh my As gosh we, i we have talked about same... that quite a lot last year yeah i, I, I won't get into that argument yes. again but like <laughs> we're so just we putting spent, that out there yeah. we spent like a good minute because it was like trial of the chicago seven and judas yeah. of the black messiah we're like these are good like at least judas of the black messiah is a great song but it's just over the credits like yeah you know versus cheat speak versus speak now is in the middle mm-hmm. of the song anyway we, i'll only accept during the opening credits 
or the yeah, very that's specific okay. that's James the Bond credit sequence, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, you must be talking about Dosurgatas from Encanto. Um, <laughs> or I think that one was in the opening. Whatever. I'm American. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. It literally says it in the song like 18 times. <laughs> There's so many good songs from this movie. There's a lot. And this is one of them. Um, it's great. And I... Look, I totally understand and think Lin-Manuel made the right choice by this being the only song submitted. Um, I think that's absolutely the correct call because in a year in hindsight, like if we would have awarded this to We Don't Talk About Bruno, we would be kicking ourselves to be like, oh, it's no fine, right? Them be fighting okay. words, Aaron. Them be okay, fighting no. words. I still play that like at least once a week. That song. Tell me when you say the title of the song, you're not immediately humming it in your head. We. I think. Look, Alice. I think we're at an impasse in terms of music and movie in in movies because you are the. I want it to work on both mediums, and I am on the. I want it to work in the medium that it is in context of, which is it just needs to fit in the movie. I don't need to necessarily be able to. It doesn't need to be an earworm and to win Best Picture, so right? it so well like in the movie. Song. Are you kidding so me? Well. It's so good. That whole set piece. It has it's, look, all look, the it's story. Good. It's good. But for the category, this is the better pick for Best Original Song. Disagree. Not to mention that they completely obliterated it for the when they performed it at the Oscars. I yeah. have never been madder in my life because I was like, Oh, they're going to perform it. It's going to be great. And then they changed it and it was just awful. And oh my, I remember everyone at my watch party just started screaming at the screen being like, no, you just got to watch Encanto live on <laughs> Disney the, plus. I don't care about scissor. I want the rap from the movie. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, audience cover your ears. Cause I'm going to make Alice scream. Um, I, would rather surface pressure be nominated i think that's the best song from i mean content. i do really like that song okay. i'm not i'm not gonna be mad about that i those it are is, my three favorite songs from the song. it is my favorite and the best song from encanto is surface pressure i will say i remember sitting in the theater when surface pressure first started playing in the movie and i remember literally being like oh yeah watching a movie watching a disney movie having a good time and then surface pressure and you're just like oh oh okay Damn. and that was kind of where that movie just went to the next level for me when when we were watching Encanto it was weeks after it had been out and so naturally Twitter is full of you know we don't talk about Bruno jokes and the song is everywhere and I'm like yeah the song's good and the surface pressure comes on I'm like why is nobody talking about that one that one is so much better so mm. anyway down to joy from Belfast Van Morrison yep I don't it's remember a nice it. song <laughs> it got it gets you in that opening like credit part but like I don't think it should win. No. Like, I don't remember it. <laughs> it sounds like a Van Morrison song. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure. well versed in my classic rock music. And yes, it does indeed sound like a Van Morrison song. Sure. Uh, and then some How You Do, Four Good Days from Diane Warren. Shane, no. would you like to kick off the Diane Warren talk? <laughs> no. Out of here. No. <laughs> get out of here <laughs> i haven't seen this movies i don't know this song i did so. see this movie but i didn't sit through the credits <laughs> like <laughs> who oh, would I, 
I rented this on um, Amazon. I did not sit through the credits so that I could listen to a Diane Warren song. <laughs> uh, I just there. There's a very specific population of people that gravitate to her songs, and old I don't, women I don't get it. <laughs> Is it old women? <laughs> probably yeah. and somebody's voting for them apparently all or women diane warren's sending like baskets with golden eggs in them yeah she's just <laughs> got oscar the kind voters. of like the the oscar voters the old oscar voters like oh diane warren you know way of getting people enticed but meh. i would cut meh, this meh. out and add any other song from encanto so we could just have two songs on here Oh, look at that surface pressure made it with now. Uh, <laughs> any of them. Uh, Literally. I would take any of them <laughs> over this song. That leads us to the actual winner of the year, No Time to Die from Billie Eilish uh, for the titular film. Um, I know lots of people that think this is among the best of the, the Bond songs ever recorded. Like, it, it is such a perfect homage. And, like, I'm look, I'm not disagreeing um but it's like if there is if if we're tiering these this is like the second to the highest tier um yeah. for me so it, it's just to me it, it feels very similar to um skyfall in terms of like vibe so this is like tippy top of a tier but it's not s tier right like, yeah that's kind of what i'm going skyfall like, s tier skyfall yes. s tier <laughs> yes. um uh, uh, live and let die Mm-hmm. Um, would be would be yeah, up there. Goldfinger, um, you to a kill, way um, better than that movie had any right to be. <laughs> that yeah, movie's uh, terrible. It, it's not really the official one, but Supremacy by Muse S tier, boom, because yes, they made it for Skyfall. That would have been a better one. Uh, yep. So anyway, but yeah, like Skyfall, Live and Let Die, like those being the two. Like this is it for me, you know, like and. Probably a, maybe I'd throw Goldfinger in there. I don't know. I, I feel yes. like it's more A tier for me, but no, it's I, like I would put no time to buy above it. Um, I also just really love this the Sam Smith one from. Uh, I uh, really Spectre. like it too. I don't really get why everyone so, hates it. Everyone really. Hated I don't know either. I, time. I hate it. It's not my favorite, but yeah, like, I don't like the one from Casino Royale. So there's that. I don't. Uh, the Chris Cornell the one. one for, from Casino I Royale like the until one from I Casino Royale with uh, Chris Cornell. Yeah. yeah, the Quantum of Solace one was weird. That was uh, I mean, that whole movie um, was weird. Who, oh, who, which, who did <laughs> that Alicia one? Keys it was Alicia Jack Keys, White. right? Yeah. I, was like, I wanted to say it was Madonna. I'm like, no, Madonna was earlier. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't. F- well, Madonna, the world is not enough. Another day, the song. No. Not who the did the world? Who did the world is not enough? The world is not enough is garbage. <laughs> the band. Look, no, I'm, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying, like, that's the one that I know the most because no, that's the movie the I watched the most as a kid. Is named Garbage. Oh, <laughs> the Got band it. Garbage did the theme for World Is Not Enough, and it's Chef's Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Shane, you need to be more specific when you talk. Just kept now continuing with the talk. I was trying to explain myself, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but um. I'm tipping my hand here. I'm definitely voting for No Time to Die. I am as well. Okay, I can't be mad about that. I mean, again, where is the wild card question, Aaron? Come on, what are we doing here? It's okay. Shane tipped his hand. Is anybody using a wild card this No, round? but it was one of my three selections, which would have been 
We don't talk about well, Bruno, but it's okay. fine. It's not the selection. Bam. It's not Let's the selection. Let's get rid of some. <laughs> Somehow you do. It's I'll not the change selection. one of my other other ones just so that we could get Diane Warren. There's the hell no out point. Of here. There's no point because Aaron will never pretend it's one of his, so it's fine. I I'm fine with no time to die continuing. Although my official vote would have been Dos Oruguitas, if only for its performance. It was so beautiful. I mean, I also I cry ever Tim. I see it in the movie, so there's that too. Okay, it was a beautiful scene. I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get better about remembering these while asking the wild card questions first. (laughs) You're right, Alice. My fault. Uh, I'm gonna take the blame for that one because I jumped the gun. That was my fault. (laughs) So you are each down one of your wild cards. I came into this thinking I have a sneaking suspicion we will have one that is the case, but certainly not more than one. Um, Um, I don't know if we will. If we're banking on all three of us, I'm just putting that out there. Okay. Fair. That's okay. I, I think that's interesting, and I don't want to explore that anymore. Um, uh, for now, I, I want to explore that more later. But um, animated film. Let's. Oh man, we already talked about it, so I, I know this is out of format. But let's just keep the ball rolling on Encanto mm-hmm. um, because that 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 was the winner for last year, right? And like, yeah, it's a great film. It is. Um, and I would echo, I think I talked enough about it in the thing to say like I, it's it's excellent it's yep. awesome it's I, it, I it's a it's movie a, that has sat with me and stayed with me and yeah. I love it it's the an o- instant it, Disney classic it really is like you're just yes. like yep yeah, that's gonna be in the you know the the if we're talking the tears that's gonna be up there for, and it just keeps growing on me honestly it's just so nice. <laughs> Like, yeah, and it's one of those even that like I know a lot of people were like the only like I wish Lin Manuel would have voiced Bruno instead of John Leguizamo. And it's like no, I love Leguizamo as Bruno. He's so like, good. I, can, I, I wanted that too, but yeah, I think the movie's better if he's not it. You know, yeah, he doesn't need so. to be in everything he produces. I also really what I really think is excellent about Encanto is I think going in everyone thought they knew what was going to happen, which is like oh she doesn't have a power. And then she's going to end up having the biggest power. And then that's what's going to happen. She's going to end up being the chosen one and like have this insane power. But instead they stick to the, their, you know, they stick to it and she never get gains a power in the movie. And that's, you know, that actually surprised me. And, and instead it ended up being just a really beautiful message of family and, you know, love. And it, it always made me cry. Just sob. How dare it not have a Disney Pixar villain shakes hand, a fist at Sky. <laughs> or a Disney Pixar mom shakes hand at Sky. <laughs> oh, it has a mom. Um, that just She's wearing yeah, a skirt. So... <laughs> Not a Pixar mom, then. Uh, yeah. well, could be. Could be. Uh, could be. We'll never know. We need answers. <laughs> I'm sure that there's some, like, fan illustrators that have been yeah, like, what if we put exist, her mom into pants? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's keep the Disney train rolling with Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, oh amazing fight choreography i just it's avatar the last airbender disneyfied and i loved it i like riot too and i spent all 30 bucks for it Mm, me too (laughs) um i i think bought it actually no i didn't um i did that with onward like i bought it on voodoo 
before it hit Disney Plus for free, but not mm. in all access. No, I waited. I waited till free for Raya, or or Disney gave me a free code. One of the two. Because Disney has sent me free codes to like three things, but never a Blu-ray because I'm not important enough to get Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. And they didn't send me anything for Cruella because I'm not important enough to get a Cruella thing. Anyway, shame on but you. Did you like I'm it? important. <laughs> um, I really like everything about this yeah. movie except for Aquafina. Yeah. Um, oh. I, 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 I think Aquafina is like one of those that I really like her, but more in the small doses, like in Shang-Chi where she's there and then she's gone for 40 minutes and then she's like there and then she's mm-hmm. gone for 10 and she's like, like, I, I think she's kind of one of those, you know, I, I feel like the prime example is like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back doesn't work because we only want pockets of those characters. I'm yeah. Like, James, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is my favorite, maybe second, probably second favorite this universe movie because I think Clerks too. But anyway, um, uh, either way, I, 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 I'm not fully on the Aquafina train and I feel like, yeah, I'm just not quite into her. That's fair. As much screen time as she gets. And it feels like as much liberty as she has. But ultimately, great movie. I love... Um, I saw this movie, like I said, a while after it came out. So hearing people talk about how like influenced it was by actual Chinese culture. Mm. And like and like the work that they did to make it... like It, it made that, that first watch more rewarding. Because it was almost like I had seen it once or twice before. So I knew the things to look for. So, well, it's yeah, cool it's because it's film. influenced by like all the South Asian cultures that normally don't get that much look in, in pop culture, which is why mm-hmm. I think it felt so, and I mean as well the fight choreography and the lore of it is what made it feel so avatar-y, but it was a really cool story and the lore behind it was, yeah, excellent. And at the time I was like, ah, so this is Disney's big movie. And then Encanto came out. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, no, okay. Yeah. Um, let's keep on the Disney train. This mm-hmm. is technically a Pixar film. Luca. Um, the Italian one. Yay. I don't like this movie very much. <laughs> oh. Like, I, I realize it was relatively, like, not a massive year for animation, right? But it's like, I I like what Luca's trying to do, and I like moments of it, but I don't I don't know that I like the movie as a whole. I think it's fine. Um, certainly, it's certainly not up to Pixar standards for me. It's Any a it's a movie that Bruno came out film. and I saw it almost immediately and have not thought about it since. 10 Silencio, minutes after Bruno. Ah, oh, I thought it was Fine. sweet. I really liked it. <laughs> I liked I liked Luca a lot. Yeah, and you know it definitely wears all of its themes out on its sleeve. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you know exactly what's going to happen and when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's so beautiful, and I love the way that it captured like that area of italy the mm-hmm. small town feel the fisherman town also big. the design of the characters like the italian characters are so good yeah. so good in fact that the the bully villain looks exactly like one of my best friend's husbands it's uncanny it's literally the nose the skin color the hair everything about it and we are like oh, you're the bad guy from luca <laughs> And then he was like, no, I'm not. And then we showed it to him and he's like, oh, I am. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the the dad oh, is he's definitely great. one of my favorite characters from any of these anime movies. Such an Italian dad. So much. Such an Italian dad. And the pasta. But, oh, another Disney great, like, food. The f- I was just like, I want that pasta. <laughs> 
there are pasta. there are three Disney movies in this category, and one of them is Disney Pixar, and that is to me the weakest of these three. And mm. that, I would agree. That is the it's opposite. The I agree. It's go. the weakest. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still I mean, very like, good. <laughs> yeah, I really it's enjoy. Fine. it. I think it's the weakest of the category. I, which I was honestly, just about to is, say. Which I think that does a lot. Like this mm. was a shockingly a, good year for animation. It, I man, agree. Like any, I, it, also, I say that, and I feel like four out of the five of these movies could have won this year's. Um, and I, I say that not having seen Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which I think is the front runner, and I think is going to win. And I oh. hope, and I'm really Let's excited to see that the one. Last wish. <laughs> I but like I cannot believe that movie is as good as, good as it is. <laughs> just, again, again, haven't seen it. Really, I really, shook. really want to. Well, and let's just say when Pinocchio wins this Pinocchio. year, and we do this episode next year. There's going to be a lot of Puss in Boots love next year. <laughs> so, nice. and, and like, I, like it's just one of those where, like, when thinking about the nominees, like, what's going to come out? And that was before Puss in Boots came out, and we're like, mm-hmm. and even like when we were talking about it before Pinocchio came out, it's like. Is I there had any so good? little interest, and is then it was amazing. Is Turning Red going to win? Because Turning Red is mad. Anyway, um, yeah. But yeah, this was uh, a let's... stacked year for sure. I was like, oh, yep. they're all very good. <laughs> let's get into the last, like, true kids animation film. Um, the Mitchells versus the Machines is a Sony. I love oh this, God, movie. this movie. i it's what this is one of those movies that like you watch it and you're like they are shoving this thought down my throat they are shoving this anti-technology anti-consumerism and you know be be a little more in touch with the real world and it's like i get it i get why they're doing it 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 doesn't even necessarily bother me though that's the thing like i know this is so ham-fisted, but it's so funny. It's so oh, It's just, creative. it was my number three movie of the year. I just loved it so much. That Furby scene, I've never laughed harder. <laughs> yeah. I just love the characters in this movie, too. The whole yes. family are yeah. so interesting. And I feel like this is the... The scene where they, the try to, inter- they try to replicate what the perfect family do when they escape. <laughs> it's so... I feel like Danny McBride is mm. doing something really special here that is so not Kenny Powers. Which mm. is like most of the things that he does. And Maya um, Rudolph, her whole character is so she all like all of them have growth, which is amazing, mm-hmm. but it's it's just always funny and the animation style is also just excellent. Yeah. It's great. I love this movie. Uh, and then Flea, a not traditional for this category, but really happy it's here. I love oh, Flea's a great film. This Amazing. movie could have easily won three Oscars that night. Yeah. I agree. I In agree. one of the most strange ways of winning three Oscars. This isn't like somebody wrote, directed, and produced a Best Picture winner. This could have won animated international and documentary at the same time. And not going to lie, when I did my my own awards, I gave it all three. Because mm. I love this movie. And this is a tough film that does not pull punches. And you're no. just like, and they say animations for kids. 
No, no, it's not. It's yeah, which is why I really love. Flora. I really love that this is in here because I think it elevates the category beyond. I yes. mean, as much as I love Disney, <laughs> it elevates well, it beyond is... the Disney category and into. Well, and this happens what like two years after we nominated the Boss Baby, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was a that was a weak year for animation, but this was really not. And I think it just oh, it's it's genius the way that they used animation to tell this story because it works on mm-hmm. so many levels. And I remember going into watching it and being like, okay, and then being like, I need everyone to see this film because it yep. was amazing. Oh, it's yeah. This is one of those. Um, I was I was watching a lot of documentaries because um, at the time I was watching like doing this, I was like going to the gym more frequently than I am now, but I had a job that was less active than it currently is, mm. than my current job. And so I would go and I would watch documentaries or like episodes of the bad batch or clone wars on my phone, you know, on a treadmill or a, or a bike or whatever. And I watched mm. this and it was just one of those where it's like, you know, normally my sessions last about the episode of, or about two episodes of clone wars, but you know what? We're sticking this through for a full hour and a half today. Even if it means I go sit on a bench and finish this. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. flea's awesome. Um, any wild cards for this round? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, I am voting the Mitchells versus the Machines for this category. <gasps> I think that one should have won. Yes! yes. I'm voting Flea, but I figured that wasn't going to happen. So there you go. <laughs> I legitimately thought that Alice was going to have Encanto and we were going to we were gonna have a fight. And then no. she says, I love this movie. It's my three of the year. I was like, we're going to be okay. Yeah. No, I, um, I, when I watched Mitchell's in the, you know, when you watch a movie, especially when you don't go in and expect anything, I remember being like, oh, it's on Netflix. It was one of my nights where I had the house to myself. I ordered my favorite take in. I was like, I'll just watch the newest Netflix film, whatever. And I had an experience I have watching this movie. I did not expect to what happened to happen. And I just, you know, when a movie just like changes your perspective on movies, that's what this did. Mm -hmm. It was, I remember, I will remember that forever, that watching experience. So no, I loved it. I look, I kind of knew, I I think this was one of those, it was kind of 50, 50, but it really felt like Encanto was going to win. So I kind of went into the night being like, look, Encanto is great. I'm not going to be mad that it wins, Yes, exactly. (laughs) Mitchell's versus the machine should have won. Agreed. That still rings true a year later. Um, I I haven't seen either of them since, but Mitchell's versus the machine is one I would consider the better. Yeah. On to international category. Um, we'll, I've seen three of these. I think that's the most it's ever been. Um, let's start with the one that I have not heard anything of since uh, Lunana. Um, yeah, that's the only one. This one? <clears throat> it's the only one I didn't find. <laughs> I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Was so, that the Yak one or am I thinking yeah, of that's, a different movie? No, I, I'm, I thought it was that the Yak one. No, was it? I don't know. Because I thought it was a Yak one. Yes, it is. It's the yak one, a yak in the classroom. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those ones where I'm just like, this got nominated? I mean, this year there's a donkey film. Maybe this. <laughs> yeah, and that deserves it. I yeah, Shane loves it. I'm waiting for it to come out in cinemas here. Oh, man. Oh, my. That movie did not need to go as hard as it did, but it sure <laughs> did. Um, yeah, I... This is really tough because if there's any nominees that are even slightly disappointing, they failed the international category. Because, like, come on. This mm-hmm. is the whole world. 
and there's great films everywhere. And you know, I'm not going to say anything about else about Lunana because I didn't actually see it. But yeah, I just remember seeing that getting nominated and thinking about there could have been so many other films there. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, I know one film that you were really high on, and maybe it was just I remember it being really high. Maybe you had others higher, but uh, Bad Luck Banging would have categorized for this one, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember you, you gave that nuts. one like a perfect 10 on Civ Pop. Yeah. That movie was um, nuts. <laughs> That's the thing. It, I always love the international category because there's so many interesting films because, mm. you know, they're literally funneling the whole entire world cinema into one category. Well, and not only that, but each country can only because can only submit one film. That's why RRR isn't nominated, right? Because yeah. India went with a different movie that didn't make the nomination. I can't believe it did. Who made that decision, and have they been fired? Can I just say that? Oh, anyway. <laughs> well, I remember a couple of years ago with Les Misérables and mm. a Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and I'm just mm. like, ah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. and they didn't pick Portrait of a a lady on fire i'm just like ah can't yeah. france get two this year <laughs> and and like decision to leave like mm. not getting nominated this year like they, they submitted that one though they, they did though just didn't make it well that's a um oh uh, what was the one with the actor from parasite oh that's um, the thing um yeah um brokers yes south korea South Korea and France. Yeah, it's a tough one. Killer. Just like really tough to figure out. But I have to say, I did see Hand of God. So that was the one one I was going to put in next. Because that's the other one I haven't seen. I I did too. Both of you had. Like any good Italian movie, this was like, go to horny jail. Like, like, (laughs) But it wasn't just that. It was also like, oh, that's weirdly dark all of a sudden yeah. like it's like oh somebody growing up in southern italy blah blah blah, blah and parents died of me- of methane poisoning and i'm just like oh the story of your poisoning. life right alice yeah I, it's, it's the every italian goes through that you know they're living a perfectly good life and then their parents go on holiday and die of carbon dioxide and then all of a sudden go to horny jail and that's the film so, yeah this sounds like there Tarzan. was one particular scene in this movie where I'm just like, oh, yeah. where this is going. I'm just like, is this going to go there? Because I'm like, I don't know how to Italian right and now. French films. You never know. <laughs> you never know. They all bomb. All of them. Horny jail, right? I don't go. Man, this, I I love listening to this not knowing the context. This is making my day. I don't even know if I'd recommend to watch it, honestly. I was just like, it was weird. <laughs> it's just like, look, the Southern Italians are weird. I say this is a Central Italian. <laughs> well, uh, my ancestors are from Rome and Sicily, so... You yeah. sound you sound like a like a person from Illinois right now. There's like the Chicago and the rest of the state and the people. <laughs> they're like the Southern Illinois, even though it's like you know three quarters of the state, you know. But if yeah. you're not in the area, hey, we we have New Jersey fights. <laughs> North North Jersey hates South Jersey. South Jersey hates North Jersey. Neither of us acknowledge Central Jersey exists. <laughs> and then 
I that's pretty much exactly the same for Italy. It's like the North North Italians hate. Well, Southern you know Italians. who makes up like a ridiculous yeah. amount of New Jersey Italian yeah, well, people. Exactly. So, so, so you're no saying one hates, with them? Exactly. There's no so one that hates Italians saying, more than other Italians. <laughs> you're, you're saying a third of uh, a third of Jersey is Kevin Smith. A third of Jersey is Jersey Shore, and a third is the mob. Well, two of those. Go in the same part of New Jersey, so like Kevin uh, Smith and Jersey Shore would both be Central Jersey, mm. um, except all those people are from New York, so they could go to hell and go back to New York <laughs> uh, and stop giving New Jersey a bad name. The hand of God was a film. <laughs> yes, uh, I have a lot any, of feelings. Any- any additional thoughts on Flea, Denmark's official submission? It was amazing, and I'm so yep. happy in, it's in there. Uh, we will go to the other non-Best Picture winner, the worst person in the world. Um, uh, I picked up the Criterion of this film mm. when it came out. Um, shocker, right? Aaron buys Criterion movies. Um, <laughs> let me tell you why I bought this one, though, is because I saw it, and I was like, I really like it. I just don't quite get it. Like... Like I, I get what it's. You don't get the like titled the worst love for it, or uh, kind of yes, because it was like this. You know, this uh, there was a big filmmaker at the time um, that said like it was his favorite film of the year. It was, I think it might have been Tarantino. Yeah. Um, but that so. said that this was the best film of the year, and it's like okay, and like I went and saw it in my local cinema with uh, Sif Pop writer Jake, and um, it was. Like, I, I liked it, but I didn't quite think I understood. But I think it's kind of one of those movies that it's meant to just kind of sit with you. And, like, I, I obviously, like, the title is kind of a juxtaposition, like, mm. as intended, I think. Like, it's, it's, I bought the Criterion because if there's any line that is going to help me understand a film and appreciate a film, it's that because they have the essays and they have all the behind the scenes stuff and um, and again, just being a chance to watch the movie again. That said, I haven't seen it again. I have liked this movie the more that I've thought about it and the more that I've like seen other people talk about it. Um, I'm thrilled to watch it again, but I already didn't get around to watch a bunch of 2022 films. So I'm not going to do 2021 rewatches above 2022 films. So, um, yeah, so I'm probably not super high on this film, but uh, as soon as I watch it again, I'm going to... I'm going to be like, Past Aaron's an idiot. <laughs> I was really impressed by this film and how it subverted so many expectations of what you might have going into this film. And because, like, you know, you have a certain level of like, oh, the name of the title is the worst person in the world. This must be like a horrible human being that we like follow along doing these things. And. Also, oh, it's a romance, so we're going to expect these kinds of things. And then it's just like, no, we're a European film, and <laughs> you should not expect any of those things. And you're right, you shouldn't. Um, and uh, Trier does a really great job of weaving a really complicated series of um, romantic connections and very messy kind of outcomes of relationships and stuff mm. like that. And I thought it was really interesting and dense and deep in the way that it challenges you to see what you expect out of a film about relationships. Because like, this is also one 
if you can't tell, this is one of my favorite categories at the Oscars because it's like mm. you get so many different kinds of films. You don't get. Oh, they're stuff just like all that over the place because the only like, connector is that they're from they're in languages that aren't English. Like, yeah, they don't yeah. speak English. Um, yeah. Like, imagine the last ten minutes of La La Land, except as a whole movie <laughs> of like How dealing dare with you. like. I liked the this last film ten minutes of La La Land is just retelling La La Land. <laughs> What I'm getting at is the spirit of like, yes, hey, you I know what? It. They love each other and they're really good together, but life isn't that easy and it's just not mm-hmm. going to end up that way. And I feel like this whole entire movie is that. And <laughs> I think it's a really interesting approach to relationships. And this was such a tough category because there's three of these movies that I absolutely love. So Yeah. I, I think it was a it was very like a kind of this is the situation that this person's in let's follow her for a bit and those are always interesting I agree I, I didn't come out of it I think that maybe I'd had my expectations set too high because so many people were like this is the most amazing film of the year and then I watched it and I was like yep and I haven't really had an inclination to watch it again but I also I did enjoy it like I did think it was a very good film um not my favorite of the category but it was enjoyable for sure and i think very norwegian i will say that. yeah uh, and then the winner is drive my car japan's official entry so um, long. it's such which, a long it's just also a best picture nominee um but yeah i the first time i saw this was at Sposkers and it kind of blew me away um, i think it was one of two films that i hadn't seen by the time we got there um it might have been the only one let me see sneak peek um yes actually it was the only film that i hadn't seen going into these Oscars. so um the only film that i watched for fresh time for a fresh time and i haven't seen it since um but it is a movie that has lingered with me and even had recently watched if pop editor robert's youtube video on this and really made me appreciate the movie more um which i already just really they can really appreciated it. I um, also own the criterion for this film, but not because I want to watch it again so I can hopefully understand it more, but because I really loved the movie. So I fell asleep in this one as well. <laughs> it that to be fair, it's because it's very long, not because it's not very yeah. good. It's, it's it was, very long, and it is a slow burn. Yeah, uh, it, it was is a not very without... slow burn. I was There's like, a few Ooh. scenes that are just like. 20 25 minutes of like the same like you're watching acting going on for like 20 minutes like yeah acting in the film this movie you know we're watching actors acting the whole film yeah if you could like describe this movie as like a heartbeat you know where it's just kind of like it's very steady and then it's just like whoa like okay yep this is the movie conversation back on car yeah or even like like, he know his wife's having sex with someone in front of him okay and then oh now she's dead oh and then it's just like (laughs) (laughs) it's just kind of all over the place and it was just such an interesting movie to watch i do think there was so much to it and i was just like I do see why it was nominated across other categories. And obviously I do see why it won this one, but I just, those long moments are the ones where I was like, don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone going through my head. Mm. I this, saw is, this. this is a three and a half hour movie that feels like five and a half hours. Yeah. Sure. Uh, my, my wife, same, same as you, Alice fell asleep during this movie. Although she woke up like to the very final scene 
Uh, and so like she fell asleep in the movie and she's like, I was enjoying it fine, but I was tired. We had just watched like 10 movies and everybody else is watching this movie and they're doing sign language. Everybody's like, oh, that's so powerful. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I drove almost an hour to go see this at an independent theater, sat in the top row all the way in the back with my coat because it was middle of January, double masked. And I'm like, God, don't overheat and pass out watching this movie in this theater for three hours. That was my biggest concern was like, I'm so warm, I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Um, turn the air on, make me cold, I won't fall asleep that way. Do we have any um, wild cards for this round? No. I think I'm going to be outvoted here, but I'm going to go drive my car. I think the Oscars got it right. Mm. I'm going to go flee for this one. I'm also going to go flee for this one. I just love Can't that movie so it. much. Yep. <sighs> it, it, it's it's nice because, like as you mentioned, three categories it was nominated for could have won any of the three. Now it won at least one of them officially on our record book. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay. So I can't even be a little bit mad at that one. Good job. Um. Okay. Original screenplay. We're getting to the big hitters now. Original screenplay. Um, let's see. We just finished talking about Worst Person in the World. Anything mm-hmm. else to add to that film? I get why it's nominated. I, I really like the way in which this story is told. So I was quite pleased to see it nominated. Or once I'd seen it, I was like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> this was my Sposkers pick. Um, I really thought the Academy was going to go this way because um, I, I don't know that there was quite a big front runner. Um, I think it was kind of between Belfast and Licorice Pizza, and uh, I just you were thought wrong. <laughs> the 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 only no Belfast one. Um, oh, you said uh, I right Licorice Pizza. Sorry, I totally misunderstood. Right, yeah. Right. Um, but I, I I know that lots of people were really high on the worst person in the world, but it wasn't mm-hmm. going to win international feature. Overdrive my car, maybe not over Flea. Um, so I I was wondering if this is one of those that like lots of people voted this one for screenplay because they wanted this film to leave with an award. So mm-hmm. it was my Sposkers pick. I stand by that pick um, as a, like, like there's a couple that I'm like, I feel like this has a really good chance of winning that nobody's talking about. And mm-hmm. if the, like, this would put me really ahead on some of the ballots. So anyway, um, just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> um, Let's see. We've also talked about Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane is not a big fan of this movie. I love this movie. I think it's great. I think it's really funny. It's I could sit there and read tweets for two hours and throw together a screenplay too, which this movie feels like. So I mean, it's, That's it's so definitely mean. no. He's right though. Um, like I feel like I watched this movie already because I go on Twitter. That's exactly mm. how I felt after the movie. I'm like, I don't feel like this introduced Maybe any that's why original I liked ideas. It, because I don't go on Twitter. I don't use Twitter. So for me, I, it just, I mean, it, it was ham-handed. Like there was a very clear point it was making and it was exhausting and everyone in it is terrible. But that's why I really, I really liked it because I was I like, just do- everyone is terrible. This is- the Academy loves him apparently. And I guess that's why I got nominated, but there's so many reasons why I would not nominate this for best screenplay. I just thought there's, there's a much better movie in here. Mm. Um, the, if it's satire, that's done actually the way satire is intended as yeah. opposed to being Twitter, the movie, you know, 
This felt um, like anger. Like this felt like he got angry and was like, and then wrote an entire movie and made an entire movie right. around that. But it's like, made but it's like that way. Big but it's short. like Mel Brooks's "Don't Look Up" would be so good. Um, mm. So I and just it, feel like there's so many subplots that had no reason to be in this movie, and like Timothy Chalamet could have just completely <laughs> been cut out of this movie because, it, like, it just felt overstuffed and just yeah. I'll stop, but like I don't think this deserved to get nominated. This is honestly one of the categories that I feel like they picked some weak links for me oh. in it. And King Richard's yep. the other one. I have thoughts about yeah. King Richard. <laughs> so so let's get there then. King Richard um is a fine movie. It is a sports coaching movie, which yeah. to me it's a it's just okay. With this story of the, you know, Venus and Serena and all of that, I'm like, it's just so weird to me that they focused on the dad. I just, it just, the whole movie, I kept being like, why am I watching his story? Like, and it feels like something that would have come out in 2005. That's what I felt watching it. Especially with Will Smith. Yes, literally. It felt like the pursuit of happiness. (laughs) Yeah, I... this this I mean this movie is get Will Smith and Oscar the movie and that's it. Yeah, um, and even then, it. yeah, yep. This yeah. felt like a bit of a uh, we like him. Let's give him an Oscar, and then and then he was at the Oscars, and everyone's like, do we still like him? <laughs> um, we'll get so into that. that covers King Richard, yep. uh, Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, it's a weird movie. <laughs> I have. I I have conflicting feelings about this movie because there's a lot of things that I really love about it. Mm. And then there's other things that are just like yeah, weird about. And I still perhaps. don't. Yeah. And I still don't know how I feel about the ending. Because yes. like. Like, flip the I genders. People, I just, for me watching this movie, I'm like, flip the genders, then watch the ending. Tell me. Do you still well, that's like the thing, because I have a lot of people saying this isn't trying to be about them being in love and being in a relationship. And I'm like, I believe that until they passionately kissed at the end. And then I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with you anymore. Yeah. And I'm just I like, agree. if they cut that off, I feel like this would be a completely different movie. And I feel like it's. I legitimately was sitting in the theater being like, I'm really enjoying this so much. This is a great movie. And then that happened. And I'm like, oh. Yep. Yep. And the I'm romance like, thing was like. feel less about the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of reframed the whole movie. Yeah. And then it made me feel awkward. Icky. Just sitting there. <laughs> Which, it's funny because. There's another film from this year that I had one feeling throughout the whole entire movie and then the last moment was just like, holy crap, this completely changed how I feel about it and we're going to talk about it in the next category. Um, but this, I don't know. I really like PTA. I just feel like there is some choices in this that I'm like, kind of lost me a bit. But there's still a lot in it that I really liked. 
Yeah, I feel like this is a good way to put it. I, I like this movie in vignettes as opposed to as a whole. Mm. Um, and I don't look, I got the age thing out of my head before I got in the theaters because I was like, look, I understand it's wrong. The movie is not even trying to say that it is right. Um, but I'm is not going to let it. Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like it actually, the way it's framed to me feels like that kind of nostalgic look back in a positive light and that's why the ending is so icky to me because I would have been totally fine if it had just stayed as a oh he loved her but obviously she's older and it would like they were friends or that sort of connection but then the moment she felt back that's where I was like that's and it felt like the movie wanted you to root for that, but me, I didn't feel me, it until the end. Yes. Let me let me rephrase. Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm maybe maybe barring the ending, I don't feel like the movie is trying to to justify the age gap, right? Um, except again, maybe maybe until the end, it's mm. trying to say, hey, maybe it'll work out. But like I, well, but I don't I don't get to the ending believing that it will work out. I get to the ending. No. Not thinking they are both making the wrong choice, and but is that because you're a sane human being? <laughs> Maybe like, I don't think so. It's the so movie. Me, I really like this movie, The Small Vignettes. I really like mm. like just the random Sean Penn scene. Um, I I really like the Safty um story arc. Um, I really like that one mm. uh, about the like guy who's running and yeah, is, yeah. is gay, but he has the hide. Love Bradley it. Cooper stuff was be- fun. Bearded, mulleted Bradley Cooper yeah. just going yeah. crazy. Yeah. The Bradley Cooper stuff was was easily my favorite part of the movie, um, <laughs> yeah. and I and I just really like I really like Cooper Hoffman in this movie, like mm. especially when it's like at the beginning and he's like an adult. Um, but yeah, like I think, man. Um, I left the movie thinking this is a movie about somebody who is trying to be way older than he actually is and is missing out on so much and about somebody who is trying to act way younger than she actually is and is missing out on so much. And so I, so that's to me why I don't, why I think that we are supposed to be like, they are both ruining their lives by staying together because you know, he is, he's what 13 in the movie. Yeah. it's he's, he's like 13 or 14 be a 13 year old and she is like what 26 <laughs> yeah be a 26 year old you know like they are <sighs> yeah anyway i agree with um, alice though if you flip the if you flip yeah absolutely sex of these absolutely. two characters that would be people would be like um <laughs> what <laughs> well and i feel like there's also like I, I know this movie got a lot of criticism. Like there was there was that, and then it was also like like I, I went into the movie. I told so I saw this at the end of a four movie marathon. Um, we saw West Side Story, and then um, this is all in theaters. And we saw American Underdog, and then we saw something else, and then I saw Licorice Pizza, and then the I saw it alone, and, and everybody else that I was with went and saw Spider Man No Way Home, but I had already seen it twice. Uh, and look, it's great, but I but Licorice Pizza wasn't showing around me, and we were mm. in Texas on a family vacation and we went to the movie theaters for a day. So I went and saw the licorice pizza by myself. And as I said, I was going to see that they were like, Oh, that one, that one's racist. But like, I love that bit that they have about the guy that owns the Chinese shop. Like I, it's like the movie isn't being raised. Isn't racist. It is, it is portraying somebody who was racist in the seventies. And if you're laughing, not at him, if you're laughing with him, then you're racist. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
John Michael Higgins. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not like this movie. Um, it's I, I wanted to like it more the second time, and I just, I do not like anything about the movie as a whole. It's done the um, opposite. Let alone the screenplay. Yeah, it's done the opposite of growing on me. It's it's not, it's gone down as I've. It's souring. Distanced. Yeah, it's souring because especially like I was enjoying it in vignettes. I think that's a great way to put it, Aaron, because I was enjoying bits of it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm on board. I like PTA and then the ending. And now it's like, I don't, every time I'm like, uh, no, I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it's been for the last year. Give me an hour and a half of Bradley Cooper saying Barbara Streisand <laughs> and best picture winner, you yeah. know, um, and so our actual winner for this category, Belfast. Uh, Belfast. This movie's great. I super love Super charming, Belfast. super delightful. I love this movie. I love, love it so it. much. I, and that, this is another one that is like, you know, um, colorly challenged, but I get it. Like, it just feels so, it feels, okay, first of all, it's very strange that all of these directors at the same time have been like, let's look back on my childhood and put it in a film. And it's just been this long trend of these movies. But this was one where I was like, this is so interesting. I just, the whole time yeah. I really felt that this was actually Kenneth Branagh looking back and reflecting in the environment, in the specific story. And it just felt, I felt touched by it. Like I felt what he must have felt putting this together. And it's so individual as well. Yeah. I just, I, it made me want to go and look him up more and, and really get into the story of Belfast and everything. Um, yeah. I, I loved this film. I am so mad at myself right now. Cause now I'm thinking, I know, uh, <sighs> I know one of the wild cards I would have wanted to do for my real wild card thinking about this movie. And then I didn't, I blew it. Oh, I wonder if it maybe it's the one I might potentially use. I was just about to ask, do we have any wild cards for this round? I not for, not for not. this round, not for this round, but this is, okay. this was my favorite film of that year. And this whole cast is amazing. It's like mm-hmm. just the humor and the dialogue is hilarious but also it's so so warm and loving and also the whole entire fact that they're able to balance this dealing with all the tumultuous events of these riots and everything and still capture a lot of classism and prejudice in terms of like religion and all these different kinds of things this is a shockingly dense film in terms Mm. of and you know the more i'm talking about this and me remembering how much i love this movie i'm going to change my pick for what i was going to vote for here (laughs) so Mm. i um i had a movie that i was considering for a wild card it didn't I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not even going to mention it. I don't really feel strongly about any of these particularly. Um, that's why I was like, I was like, if Alice throws a wild card in there, chances are I'm going to vote for it. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty strong in my. She didn't, and I do not have vote. a wild card lined up for this one. Um, so um, let's hear it. What are you guys voting for? Belfast. Belfast. Shane, what were you going to vote for? I was thinking of the world's. Uh, the worst person in the world, 
But then I just started thinking about how much I love Belfast. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. We will have our first unanimous Woo! of the day. Um, there we go. Um, again, a very unenthusiastic Belfast for me. But given the choice of these five, um, guys, if we cut out the Timothy Chalamet portion of Don't Look Up, I'm probably voting Don't Look Up here. Um, but anyway. Still wouldn't. Uh, but that's a... V- see, very, that's perfectly very, fine. <laughs> Yeah, very unenthusiastic Belfast from me. I I do like the movie. I think the screenplay is one of the one of the stronger suits of it. So, screenplay, um, man, cinematography for this one too. How did the, how did Belfast not get cinematography? It was a strong cinematography year, to be fair. I probably um, could pick like eight to ten nominees. For yeah, that category. Yeah. So like, so, it's tough. Yeah, um, that is usually I love a J- tough one because there's I love usually J- some films that are just like absolutely gorgeous and maybe don't have anything else going for them but like they're incredibly well shot but yeah um so yeah i i not not quite sure what i what i would uh i i'm not super excited about any of these a year i don't know that i was even a year ago Mm. like this is a relative this is one of the weaker categories for me um one of the one of the one of the hardest to pick because I'm just not excited about any of them, you know? So, uh, adapted screenplay. Mm. Uh, we just finished talking about drive my car. Any additional yep. thoughts on drive my car? It, it, no. It's a bit, it's a, it's a good adaptation. What, what a thing to adapt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great. Um, we talked about Dune. Um, my only comment, just in addition to growing this, is uh, it, it has been said before this movie was made that Dune was unadaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so what an achievement for, for this movie to come out being a great movie. Well, they did it uh, right. A, a, you had a to great split part it. one. Yeah, you had to split yeah. it. It's not something you can do it once unless you do it as a TV show. And so... I in Denis Villeneuve, I trust. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see. We talked about Power of the Dog a little mm-hmm. bit, but mostly in terms of its visuals and audio. Um, this is a film that grew on me on my rewatch because I think the first movie I didn't really know what I was watching. Like I think like I kind of knew, but like I didn't actually know. Um, and there is so many breadcrumbs along the way leading mm. you towards the third act of this movie Mm -hmm. that it really, it wasn't until the second time watching it that I'm like, I love that movie because I remember it being, it was one of the two front runners and I was very strongly against it winning the best picture um, last year. And Mm -hmm. we finished watching the movie. It was the last movie we watched before Sposkers ended. And I said, fine, it can win and I'll be okay. (laughs) Um, It's just, it's just great. This was the opposite effect that Licorice Pizza had. Mm-hmm. I was sitting through this movie thinking, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And then the end happened. And then like, my okay. whole entire pers- and then my whole entire perspective changed. And I remember watching this on the Friday night that this came out on Netflix. And I'm sitting next to my wife and I'm just sitting there like, oh, oh. What did I just watch? And then I felt like I had an epiphany mm-hmm. and like the whole film came into light. I'm just like, this is like 
it was my number two movie after Belfast last year. I'm just like, because it hit me that hard um, yeah. when that ending hit, because it just, it pulled all those breadcrumbs, it pulled all those threads together, just like that rope that they're making. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, this movie. And yeah. there we go. They could have renamed this movie The Dawn of a Serial Killer. Um, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that was what bo- was born at the end of this movie. Um, I'd be very concerned about Cody Smith McPhee's character mm. moving forward in his life. Um, but, like, this was one of those movies in, like, I just think this was pitch perfect in terms of how they adapted what was on the page into this film. Alice? Yeah, I think that it was, I had the exact same experience where I was like, yep, I'm watching a film. Yep, Benedict Cumberbatch is an asshole. Yep. And then, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then and then I was like, he's very, very good. Everyone's very, very good. The movie's good. Oh, well, that's interesting. And then the movie ends and you're like, oh, oh okay. I'm, I want more now. So yeah, I think that it is, de- it's deserving of that for sure. Uh, and then a film that I haven't seen, The Lost Daughter. Uh, no. Nah. Nah. I don't have a wild card, feel- but this would be what I would replace. That movie sucks. I feel like <laughs> if it weren't for Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley, yeah. I wouldn't remember this movie. Pretty much. Movie was boring. It sucked. Olivia Coleman's very good because she's always very good. Jesse Buckley's excellent because she's always very good. The story's yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so no get on and I never, out of here th- this also made a lot of women angry specifically mothers um because it's just yeah, like because olivia coleman's character is garbage that's why she's garbage. a terrible person but not even interestingly she's just awful she's garbage yeah. The artist that that uh performed the, the, world, exactly. is not the world is not enough exactly <laughs> which takes us to last year's winner coda uh, a film that i adore shane and i advanced reviewed this on the podcast yeah uh, for an apple screener and the little movie that could Mm -hmm. um and i was all about it Um, i still can't believe this picture still adore this movie it is it was a it's a shock to me that when we saw the movie that it won best picture right mm. um it was even a shock to me because i'm like surely they're gonna pick the power of the dog i don't i i don't want them to but surely they will mm. i adore everything about this movie however it it was just not one that i considered for the adapted screenplay category and I I love this film, but like it, the screenplay is the most hallmarky of this part of this movie, and it's like so it's hard like uh, like to. I love the film. I have not died on my love for the film. Mm. This seems like an oddball winner to me. For me, it, I get it because I think it's it it's really beautiful when you take into account the context, which is, is because you're hundred percent correct. You take out the coda element of the film and it's just the most basic, like raise your voice person wants to be a singer, but family doesn't want to be a singer sort of thing. But the second it, it, that's why I think it's such a brilliant film because it's like, 
it is a film we've seen before, yes. But the way the environment and the the way that the context shapes it makes it so much more powerful than this film could have possibly been previously. And that's why it captivates, it lulls you in with the sense of security of like, you know, this story, but tells it in this extremely unique way. And so that for me is why I think the screenplay, it's what would have sold so many people on it in the first place. Cause it's like, no, but you know it, mm. but like, think about how this is being told. And to me, I, I can already see the effects that this film is having on film now. Like I'm seeing so many yes. characters that previously hadn't been deaf characters. Most recently, for example, in this show, I'm watching the watchful eye, there was like a, a brother character and he's deaf. And I was reading that he wasn't in the script. He's not deaf. He was just like a character, but it's already opening up avenues for this new way of that telling is, stories that I just love so much. That, that is also the same case for a show that you might be watching called the last of us. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Cause, cause Sam is not deaf in the game. And honestly, if you, if, if you want the best thing that you could possibly listen to, um, to, after you're done with this podcast, mm. w- listen to the HBO companion podcast. Cause the episode that they have over episode five is phenomenal. And they go into talking about the decision to make Sam deaf. And yeah. it is oh. so good. So it good. Is so good. Yeah. Um, so yes, agree. Great. Um, the last Shane? of us for best picture. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Honestly, <laughs> if I could, I would. Pedro, Pedro Pascal for daddy of the year. Yep. Oh my God. Um, what a, won that. Ca- what a weird typecast. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange typecast to be in. He found yeah. his niche. Uh, He's yeah. all of our daddies. Yeah. He also oh, should be Mario. I Okay, <laughs> but genuinely, when I saw that on SNL, Real? I was like, I would watch that. <laughs> I would love that. I would too. <laughs> Shane, do you have any thoughts on the Coda screenplay? I, like, I agree too. It's... If you take it, I feel like it's the cast and the energy of the film really elevate, you know, it's pretty basic storytelling in this movie. And it doesn't, and that's the thing, a film doesn't have to have an elaborate, elaborate storytelling or complex story structure to be a great film. But if you're going to give it best adapted screenplay, it probably should do something different and interesting, which this didn't. And I was also surprised at this one because there's some other picks here that are interesting. And the the moments that I remember and love about this film are not necessarily because of the screenplay, but it's because like I think of I think of the moment where um um where we see the recital from the parents' perspective and mm. it's just silent and i think of the moment where she sings to the dad and she and he oh. puts her his hands on her throat and i think i think of her singing both sides now and seeing like that mo- like i i think i the only i think moment that really involves the screenplay is the fight she has with her brother or or the conversation that she has with her mother where she asks do you wish i was dead like those are mm. those are kind of the two moments but they're they're kind they're a little hallmarky a little right i don't think they're as hallmark movie as a lot of people on letterboxd and twitter would tell you but um but you can't you deny know. that like those moments you mentioned would have been specified in the screenplay like it's not yes, just absolutely. about the dialogue yeah yes absolutely yes 
And that's to me why people, because I reckon people reading it would have just been like, oh, these brilliant yeah. moments and, came from the script. And, and as I mentioned yeah. last year, um, we we don't have for your consideration stuff mm. in, in in front of us, and so we don't we don't we don't know. I I have I have two of them, but it's in <laughs> hindsight because I ordered the the tick tick boom one off of mm. um, eBay, <sighs> and the um, uh, because I saw, yeah, because. Yeah, because I got it for like ten bucks, and um, my parting gift from Oscars last year, I took the being the Ricardos one. Mm. Um, two of them that aren't nominated, and let me let me just before we vote, um, I was so close to nominating Tick Tick Boom for adapted screenplay mm. uh, as a wild card, so close um, because I think that movie does something really interesting with the narrative shifts, mm-hmm. like where. Like specifically framing him telling the story in present day at, on the stage and then going back and forth. I think that screenplay is really intelligent. Where's our criteria so for that, this? That is that is one of the that is one of the did not make my official top three mm. is one I heavily considered. So we have to completely disregard that now. <laughs> um, I. It, it pain it pains me because I have not lost my love for Coda. I'm gonna vote Power of the Dog for screenplay. Ooh. I am also gonna vote Power of the Dog for screenplay. Okay, I I wasn't going to, but I will. Let, I that's why I was like, I want to go last here because I have the feeling and. Oh, what were you gonna vote for? Uh, I I was gonna probably vote for Dune. Because of just the achievement in adapting that. But I can't mm-hmm. remit. Like, I, I fully agree with Power of the Dog. It just... So I'm happy for that to win. That's fine. I mean, so you, you're outvoted anyways. Yeah, fine. exactly. Um, but that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. And and I totally agree. And Alice, you were almost talking me back in Dakota. I, well, um, Coda was the other one I was going to vote for. So I had yeah. like literally written down Coda or Dune, but then you also made some good points. And so I was like, yeah, either way, power you, of the dog. You, you almost talked me into it. And if it would have been those, you picked Coda, Shane picked yeah. something else, I would have probably been like... I, I, I think I'll swing for, for yeah. Coda. That's fine. Like Yeah, I anyway. my second one was gonna be drive my car, so we were all on different uh, <laughs> wavelengths. wavelengths there. That's fine. I I if if it was just me, I might have voted drive my car before Coda. Mm. Um maybe. Maybe So either way, um, power of the dog. <laughs> but, yes. but significantly easier to get me to budget. Yeah. Yes, either way, power of the dog, adapted screenplay for us. A supporting actor. Mm. Uh, uh, let's like, see. Why'd they screw up so many things with the acting categories this particular year? There's... I like I like all five of these. I would pick two of them to not be here. Like, why is Jesse Plemons here? Like, he's good. I don't know. Yeah, but that, he's good. There were so not... many other performances that deserved it above Jesse Plemons. I remember when he was nominated, I was like, okay. He's in the film. <laughs> he's 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 number five for me. Yes, that's fair. And, he's, he would be. He's number five out of five for me on this and list. And J.K. Simmons was just funny. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. He was my favorite part of being the Ricardos. But you're right; it's because he was funny. Yeah, I would not. He's not, vote he's not anybody 
from that movie for an Oscar, and yet everybody got nominated for yeah, an but Oscar that's just, for this you movie. Know, that that's the effect of who wrote it and directed it. Like it's, uh, we, I will defend Nicole Kidman in a bit, but yes. Okay. Um, I, sure. I also so, think so, so, while so I we liked... just we just knocked off quickly Jesse Plemons and J.K. Simmons. Yes, and I think while Kieran Hines's performance is great, he wouldn't have been the performance I chose from Belfast. It's just my Does opinion. It would have been yes. Jamie Dornan. I would have been yeah, Jamie Dornan. Jamie yeah. Dornan, like he's just the, the scene. Oh God. The scene where he sings and dances, like any, like any scene with Jamie Dornan yeah. singing, dances, everlasting. That's everlasting. That scene gets me. It's the money. It's the money shot from the trailer, and yeah. it is the it is the moment that makes me adore the movie. Yeah, uh, as a whole. Yeah, um, yeah, seeing. Yeah, the, the, you could just tell because you're you're kind of curious, like how does he really feel about his family the whole time? Yeah, but there's nothing but pure joy and love in that in that exactly. moment. Exactly, and you realize he's just tired and he's trying to do what's best for his family, but what's best for his family is leaving their home. Yeah, like and that's mm. not an easy thing. So no. it, it's just all like of I do like Kieran Hines' performance and everything, but just yeah, the parents are just amazing and which i will get into in the next category but moving and, on <laughs> yeah. Co- cody smith mcfee in the power of the dog oh, also excellent i thought he was like i he had this a very good chance of winning i was like oh honestly yes. i thought it could go either way between him what? and troy Kotz or a creepy creepy <laughs> child that he played in this movie oh my god yep just and he did it perfectly. I'm like, you know how they made that really ill-advised Hannibal Rising movie? Mm-hmm. Where it's just mm-hmm. like, why would we make a young Hannibal movie? Well, cast Cody Smith McPhee in it when it inevitably gets re- remade someday. Because, like, that this performance was, oh, God, creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because like he starts off as just like nervous, shy, innocent, yeah. and you slowly see him well, delve into. You think this whole movie is going to be like a sinister. sexual awakening, call me by your name sort of vibe, and then it's like, oh, it is no, not. it's a Hannibal vibe. <laughs> but then Cumberbatch thinks that, and then he dies because he didn't realize he was in ah the arrogance of man. You know, he yeah. was in the yeah. danger zone. Yeah. <laughs> It was in the he was uh, in the asbestos or the anthrax. <laughs> Cody, Cody Smith McPhee is so good, yep. but I adore Troy Kotsur. I loved his he performance. Sells that movie that that role uh, again. We were kind of talking about how some of the moments are hallmarky, but like yeah. again, the moment the mo the the most hallmarky moment of that whole movie. It's the moment that makes me weep every time. It's mm-hmm. where he says go. And that is like the most hallmarky moment, but he is so good in it that I just can't help. You know what it is? It's like, a fantastic it's a supporting performance. So I think Cody Smith's yes. performance is like a breakout and like, oh my God, that's amazing. And almost could be leading in a way, but Troy Kotsor's is a, it's such a great support to the yes. main character, to the story. And he, he just embodies literally what the movie is so well that when he won i was just i was so happy for him and then his speech was so lovely and i was just like Mm -hmm. i feel so good (laughs) so yeah i i was just gonna say like 
You know why Hallmark movies feel like Hallmark movies? Because they're cheesy and overacted, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this movie is earnest from start mm-hmm. to finish, and all the performances in it ground it. And his performance is just... See, he's hilarious. Yes. Which also, like... <laughs> this character made me laugh more than any character did in any of these movies. And just the the emotion that he brings to it, the passion he brings to it, like, that that's what really sold me. Yep. And I... I I love Belfast and I love Kieran Hines and I love Janie Dornan in it. And now just talking about this just reinforces to me why I did think that Troy Kotzer should have won last year. Yep. Do we have any wild cards before we officially vote? No. I probably could have used it on this, but I didn't. I almost did, but I didn't. Also because I'm surprised are you wait, hang on. Are you gonna use one for the movie I think you might use it for, Aaron? I have three separate movies in three upcoming categories for my official three. Because I thought maybe mass might come into it. We will see. (laughs) Okay. Which also, like, that that all four of them could have easily just been slotted into, like, all of these categories. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. And better than a lot of the nominees that actually got nominated. But... Um, so time for official voting. It's Troy Kotzer by a mile, yeah. even though Cody Mixed Me is easily second. And then there's another mile, and then there's Syrian Hines <laughs> and the rest. Yeah, I agree. It's Troy Kotzer for me. And I, also, I don't feel bad about that because I'm like, Cody, he's still young. He'll come back. There'll be another role. It's fine. <laughs> I hope Troy Kotzer pops up in more stuff. Mm. That's a, that, that's my my hope out of him winning this but we'll we'll have yeah. to see shane is troy your f- official vote as well yes okay that is our second unanimous vote Woo! yeah it's like look it's one of those that like i love i love and it's like a little bit of adaptive screenplay but if any of you chose not to nominate him we we'd be throwing fists <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would cut off my fist, mail it to Australia, and have it show up at and your then door. You'd, you'd write on the delivery instructions, please throw at the, at the recipient. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Alice's partner, please throw this at Alice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's right. move on to supporting actress. Oh, um, I speaking have thoughts. of. Mm, okay, speaking of The Power of the Dog, uh, Kristen Nunst. I, yeah, I think she, she, she deserves to be here. She's between um, Cody Smith McPhee and the other actors for me. Like she's she's good. She's deserves to be in this category. It was never going to be a front runner. Yeah. Um, Although she was, yeah, is, is so good bad for her. And like mm. watching her act in this movie, I'm just like, oh my god. The scene she had the where she job plays the, whole the movie. piano. Oh my god. I just just oh. So what yeah. She's excellent. Yes. Um, speaking of Belfast, Judy Dench. No, not the performance. Somebody else here. (laughs) Yes, it should have been somebody by a certain four-letter movie title that we recently mentioned. um, That's not named Coda. Uh, Somebody Um, else from Belfast. Yeah, which you know what? Let's just move on because we'll we'll come back to that. Yes. Okay. Uh, And look again, Judy Dench is great in her role, right? Like this is not quite. She's Judy Dench. You know what I mean? I'm not watching that thinking anything beyond it's Judy Dench. (laughs) Yep. We recently talked about the lost daughter. Yep. Jesse Buckley. She's very good 
very, very good. Very good. The movie's terrible. <laughs> I'm going to throw a lot of love for this one. Anjanu Ellis for King Richard. I think this is an excellent performance. I gave one it might almost like say my... it's the best performance in the film. It is, in my opinion, the best performance of film. Yes, because when we gave our sifties last year, I she I think she was number five of the year for me, maybe a little lower, but um, she was the only person from this movie that made my top ten. Yes. I'm gonna put this she in the same so category as the Theory of Everything and the Danish Girl, where it's just mm. like, of course, it's the leading man in the movie gets all the attention, except yep. the uh. The wife character in this is so much better than them. Yep. Although the best at least scene in, the in this girl, movie, she ended up winning for that one. So thankfully, <laughs> the best scene in this movie is is the scene where she threatened, like she like says three. She threatens to leave him in, yeah. the, in the kitchen at the yep. fancy place mm-hmm. in Florida. That is the, because she, that is the best scene in the movie because she is so good and the script is really good in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the Oscar bit. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> that was it. That's, that's why everyone was like, okay, so uh, writing her down for Best Supporting Actress. <laughs> and Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, who is... <laughs> yeah, she's good. I think she's excellent. I thought she was uh, excellent, too, and I want to start a new campaign to leave her the hell alone. <laughs> oh, because of the BAFTAs <laughs> After thing. the BAFTAs. <laughs> No, she's very, yeah. very, very good. She's very, very good. I just, I've seen it before I, she, in the film when it last came out. <laughs> like there, there were there was three performances in the film that I left away thinking amazing. Uh, one of them was Rachel Zegler, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them was Ansel Elgort. No, just kidding. Um, the other one was Mike Faced, um, mm-hmm. um, and I thought I thought he was great, but she, but. Ariana DeVos was the standout for me. I thought she was so good. Oh, yeah. And also like the Rachel Zegler one, like I thought she was great on her own, but her and Angela had no chemistry. And I thought any scene that they had together were terrible. Yeah. Especially any shots they had together was terrible. Mind but... Ansel Elgord in that movie. He was He's fine. Fine. Like, He's... like I mind Ansel Elgord, but like I didn't mind him in this movie. <laughs> I didn't mind him, but I have um, to say as a Tony, I was like, Okay, that was a choice. Like, yeah. Well, and it's, again, especially I like I, I felt they had no chemistry, mm-hmm. and yeah, but she but the scenes like with Rachel Zegler alone, like singing "I Feel Pretty," is she's oh, she's so good, amazing. amazing. Um, she's and that she's scene where excellent. Ariana Debose goes and like it's attacked basically, and oh, that was yep. That is for me when I, when yep. she won I, again. I wasn't mad when she won, especially given the lineup. I was she was my preference out of the lineup for sure. Well, and then the other thing is the 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 other scene is when she finds out that Bernard is gone. Yeah. Um, oh, she's she's so good. But there's also like it's not just those big Oscar moments. She is excellent in what I think is my favorite musical number from the film. The I want to uh, be in America. I, I want. Yeah. Yeah. Which like hot take? I don't think the soundtrack for this film. I think it's overrated uh, for for the play. Sorry, <laughs> I, I think it's way overrated. People hail it as one of the best over of all time, and I'm like, it's fine, right? Um, but mm. yeah, that that I want to be an America one, but where she's like sassy back to Bernardo, she's she is so captivating mm. in that scene. Um, she's immediately I'm like, I don't care about Tony and the the Jets. Just give me her. She she focus this story around her, and I'm way more invested in this movie. Way more interested. Yeah. Maybe that's the route they should have taken. Right? Is like mm. if they were gonna remake West Side Story. Like that maybe have, have it centered so around instead of the jets, have it be around the 
what it what, what it sharks. Is. Damn, that would have been way yes. better. <laughs> It it would have been more different, right? It and it would have been interesting. more interesting. Yeah. Well, they didn't. But you you'd have to you change make a very interesting songs, yes. point. You know, they didn't have to just adapt Romeo and Juliet all over again. <laughs> yeah, right. that's true. Anyway, so if she, she put make her front and center. Make yeah, and mm-hmm. much more interested in the movie because then you can watch it as a companion piece to the original. So, um, where I think that this is going, I'm going to let Alice go because yeah, I look, think I'm going to be supporting her. I have two wildcard potentials and as much as it pains me, I need to go with this Hold one. On. Two of your, two of your three. So I've already said one, but coming up, I yeah. have two more. One I'm about, to, I'm about to use it as my official entrant. And it was really okay. like quite even with the other one I have available, but I have to because I was so mad when Katrina Balf was not nominated for her role. Her as Ma in Belfast is amazing. I just like she makes yes. this movie. The scene where she's basically like having to decide whether they leave or go, and you you can just see the constant conflict. And and also the the fact that she is a mum and she needs to keep it together for her kids. Like, oh my gosh. She has been amazing for a really long time on Outlander. Like watching her in that show, she's fantastic. But seeing her in this movie and really get a chance to shine, I was furious. And I'd kick out Judy Dench. I love Judy Dench, but for the love of God, she did not need another nomination and she certainly no. didn't deserve this one. This was okay. this is the one I'm kicking myself for not actually picking, but it worked out because Alice <laughs> is picking it. So, yep. Um, and I'm picking so her. Alice is picking out the grandma. From and I'm Belfast also and picking him, uh, Katrina Balf as well. So, <laughs> I'm going to stick with Ariana Debose here. Um, I like the person uh, uh, Katrina Balf. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's good in her role, but again, again to me, Jamie Dornan and um, the the kid. The, I don't know his name. I, left off my head are the standouts for me and i remember really liking the i think thought she was giving great performance but i I would put ariana debose or anjanu ellis above her in my opinion you got outvoted yay (laughs) yep that's okay that's what that's the point here right is that it's not just this isn't aaron repicking the oscars this is yeah um a collective (laughs) Uh, i'm sticking with debose um okay so Wild card wins. It all works out in Shane's favor. <laughs> you both have officially given your your yes. wild card. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Alice has revealed one of her potential three. Uh, well, that was obviously going to be one. That was the Encanto. The other, yeah, the other was going to be Encanto, and then another one I have coming up. Right, um, Shane. You used yours for the Green Knight. Um, was this one one of your three? Does it have to be since <laughs> since uh, I, I I asked you if you had a finalized top three and you said yes. Was this, this was one of not your three? one of them going in because I was actually mad at myself when I came to that realization when we we're talking about Belfast earlier that I completely forgot about her. Um, that was not one of the three that I had going into this. You you finalized your picks the second we started recording. Um, so <laughs> it was not one of your top three. So no, correct. Yes. So, so yeah. So you still have you've used your wild card, not revealed your other twos. Correct. Alice has used her wild card, revealed one of her other twos. I have not done anything. I've revealed some runners up, but 
There's four, that was just me saying, here's one I considered, which is left. just a footnote. Yeah, there's only four categories. Yeah, and I'm using three of them. Damn. All right. It's going to be the last three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Lead actress. Uh, let's start with... Um, let us let me defend Nicole Kidman and be in the Carter's okay. here, because I think she's so good. I think she is easily the standout in this movie, and I think... It is, there is certainly, like, an element of, like, she is doing the Sorkin thing. She's doing the thing Sorkin wants her to do. Mm. Like, it just works. She's so good. And she portrays Lucy in a way that I feel is so intelligent. And it's one of those things that it's like, hearing a lot of stories leading up to this film because there was that and there was also the Amy Poehler directed documentary about Which her, I right? really liked a lot. Like right. considerably more than this movie. <laughs> and the, like the movie's not great, but Nicole Kidman is so good in this movie. Um, she, she's, she's doing what Sorkin wants her to do and that's fine. Um, and so it, it is, it is a little bit of a look at me Oscars, but I will. I, I, I think she is fully deserving of the nomination here, contrary to what Shane said. I will take her over Gaga and all that nonsense and her terrible Russian accent as an Italian woman. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Because that was uh, the discourse. Because a lot of people are like, "Lady Gaga got robbed." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? What movie did, did we you watch, watch? The movie? Yeah. No, House of Gucci was just ridiculous." So, any other thoughts on Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos? No, I think she was entertaining and she was good, but there was no way she was ever going to win. <laughs> She's all right. I think yep. she, I think she was the best part of that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, by uh, far. She, 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 and and as a Sorkin fanboy, like the script and the nothing Sorkin had to do with was the best part of the movie. She was the best part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, Maybe the most forgettable Sorkin movie, but again, I grabbed I grabbed the screenplay because I was like, yeah, I don't really. Again, a lot of the things that were nominated, I was like, yeah, I don't really care. And like, Tick Tick Boom sent a significantly bigger thing, and so that was not on the table. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's why I took that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Lost Daughter. Let's talk about Lost Daughter again. Olivia Coleman. She's she's Olivia Coleman. She's amazing. But again, yeah. the movie's terrible. So that's all we need to know. <laughs> the character's terrible. She, like she's great. Character's terrible. Writing. She's had a there. interesting back-to-back years, hasn't she? Yeah. Between uh, this and Empire Light, and it's just like, and um, the father better. the year before this. Yeah. And the what? Uh, but the father, the father was, was the was last year's was, Oscars. That movie was a great movie. That that's a great movie. Um, <laughs> this is just she's had back-to-back years yeah. of being great and terrible movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Quick recap: Shane voted for the father for the best picture, and Alice and I voted promising young woman. Mm. Yep. Um, from that year's Oscar. See, so. it was all confusing because I started going through my twenty twenty one films. I'm like, where the hell was the father? I'm like, oh wait a minute. Yep. <laughs> that was last year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was, it was a twenty twenty one wide release, so I consider it twenty twenty one. But yes, it was it was the Oscars, not this year. So yep. Um. So yeah, so Olivia Coleman having like back to back to back years. Uh, was she was was she nominated for Empire of Light? No, it's just cinematography. I think, I think the only nomination it got was cinematography. It's right? Good old Roger Deakins. That yeah. Deakins. It's been a while since you guys talked about Parallel Mothers. Oh, Penelope, Penelope Cruz. Parallel Mothers. 
Yeah, she's so great. <laughs> she's very good because it's a very complex story and she keeps you on side the whole time where you're like, I mean, I understand why you did all that. I'm going to have to rewatch like- this episode before next year, but I think she might be popping up as a wild card next year because the movie um, official competition did not get enough love and she was great in that too. But yeah, Penelope Cruz was so fantastic in this movie. Um, So I feel like there was a narrative for this category, which is there were two front runners, mm-hmm. but don't be surprised. Penelope Cruz is the number three. Don't be surprised if she walks away with the award, especially the closer we got to the ceremony. Yeah. It was like, it felt like if we if we were watching um, poker on uh, on whatever sports channel poker is aired on near you, it felt like you know, when they open the hand and you're like, oh, you got like a two of diamonds and a four of clubs, yeah, and 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 this other person has like a like a king and a jack, and then all of a sudden the river comes and like you just slowly see the odds increase until there's the final the final card the flop not the river flop, um, like. It felt like one of those, the closer we got to the event, the the more likelihood of her winning was going to be. And it really kind of felt like a, to me, like a, I guess, what what would the statistics be to put her just barely below? Like, I was thinking like 30, 35, 35, 31, like 29 or whatever, it, like slightly under the, the other. Mm. So, anyway, that was kind of the narrative that I got. I still, again, I haven't seen Parallel Mothers. Uh, and then Kristen Stewart lost uh, for Spencer. Um, so. What's that face, I was, I was so on the Kristen Stewart train for this because I wanted her to win this so bad. And it got to the point where if people were going to vote Lady Gaga in, I was going to be so mad. Because there was a chance that she wasn't going to get nominated because there was a couple of the award shows leading up to this where mm. she didn't. I think it was the BAFTAs that left her off, which honestly, that was probably because they were pissed off. Um, But I thought Kristen Stewart was fantastic in this movie. And I think this is going to be that role that people remember. It's like, yeah, you're not going to remember that she was in Twilight. You're just going to remember that Kristen Stewart's actually a great actress. I mean, between this and people are going to remember she was in Twilight. People are gonna remember. I really feel the narrative's changed. Like I think the, again, the like narrative this- is now everyone will remember that Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart came from Twilight. It is way too iconic to ever be forgotten. However, yeah. they are actually that. amazing actors that just happened at this yeah, start. But, but let me reframe that. She will no longer be re- um, remembered as the open mouth breather from yeah. Twilight. And will be known as, oh, wow, she happened to be in Twilight and start there, but she's actually a great actress. Yeah. I feel like Robert Pattinson easily launched over that a while ago, especially since he went on like a tear at Twilight because he hated it so much. That was hilarious. This was Kristen Stewart's coming out party as like a leading actress. And like, yeah, I love her in Personal Shopper, but that definitely did not get the yeah well she's done a lot of indie stuff she's done tons and she kind of did a daniel radcliffe where it's like i'm just going to do a lot of weird stuff that no one sees to separate myself from the character (laughs) yeah and it's been really great as a result and so this was her first like besides charlie's angels which we won't speak about but like her her first kind of foray back into the main public eye with a role 
And it, what a role, mm-hmm. like, especially given her public persona and then how she is in this, like, it's completely different. Uh, I haven't seen the film and <sighs> I know. But this is this is one of those films that, like, it came out and I feel like the big narrative was you need to see this film because Kristen Stewart is so good. And then the farther we got to remove, like the farther we get to remove from award se- award seasons, the less I care about that kind of stuff. Not you need to see this movie because, like, th- because acting is so good. I like, think it's a great it's, film, it, unless it's but... an ensemble piece, right? Well, I know like people are really high on some people are really high on a lot of people in the middle. So this it's just one of those that it's like eventually got removed from my watch list because I'm not going to watch a film after award season because of one performance that I'm sure is incredible. Speaking of cinematography, that movie is gorgeous. And also one of the most horrifying scenes in not a horror movie, damn pearls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll lead us to lead, the lead actress winner. I was about it to was say. Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy. Faye. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. I was about to say, Aaron, everything you just said about Spencer, you could just say about this movie as well. Uh, I, oh, I guess you guys are American uh, though. So maybe it's different for you because of the whole. I think ta- Andrew Garfield's amazing in this too. Oh, he had a he year. I left. He could have been nominated for best supporting actor yeah. over some of those. I left the theater thinking, I know all eyes are on Jessica Chastain because it was she was immediately in awards awards talk. But I was like, I thought Andrew Garfield was better in that movie. Um, oh, I don't know about better. And, and part part of that is Jessica Chastain is so good, but like she's so like full of prosthetics that like. It's it's hard to see a lot of the things that she's doing. Hey, 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 um, there's another performance coming up this year that's full of prosthetics and absolutely deserves the win at Better lit- Bloody Get. Literal hundred, <laughs> hundreds of pounds of prosthetics. Yeah. There's nothing wrong um, with prosthetics. <laughs> um, just that, like, God. I did. I have actually rewatched this since then. Mm. And it's still so uh, this Horrifying. This is awful, but... It's so hard to look at her with all that makeup and like the uh, just like it's hard to make Jessica Chastain not a woman you want to look at. Yeah. Um, For me, it's correct. the ending, which is like, just so when she's doing and she's just at her peak of everything, yeah. and oh my god, when she's singing "America the Beautiful," yeah. But um, I have to say, what a performance! I just like it it's it's hard to just think about the fact that that is Jessica Chastain that I'm watching. You know what I mean? And that to me <laughs> told me everything I needed to know after having seen it. Um, in, in regards to your comment about maybe you're just Americans. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Alice, but also I, at the time I, I, I am an ordained minister mm. at the time I was working in a full, full-time ministry and at the time and still very frustrating views on the church in lots of ways. Um, yeah. And that's I, a, and if anybody like wants to continue that conversation with me, that's fine. Like I still believe what I do and I still like love the church, but like, yeah, it has its problems. And the older I grow, the more infuriated I am with things as a Roman. Um, so, <laughs> so like, my birth, yeah. I am, I am fascinated with, telling this story and it's one of those stories where it's like so this took place in the 70s mm. how do people like Joel Osteen still exist when well, people fact, like 
<laughs> Andrew Garfield's character is an anti-vaxxer and going out and doing all oh kinds of stuff during okay. COVID. So I have to. So the reason I said maybe a bit just Americans is just because I had literally never heard of Tammy Faye until the movie existed, right? And so I was like, I don't know who this is. Why is there a movie about her? And then, I had neither. Okay, because I was. I, I knew Jim. I knew Jim Baker. Well, that's by okay. Name. So Jim Baker, I had heard of, but I didn't connect who he was until after I saw the film. Neither had I. And then I realized, oh my god. He's the doomsday prepper from YouTube because there's yeah. like this, you know, all these reaction videos that YouTubers have made to his doomsday prepper show where they're selling like the vats of broccoli and cheese and like <laughs> pa- pancake and the small shovels and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. And me and my partner, when we realized it was one of the first memes we saw together and we were like, oh my God, that's like a person and Andrew Garfield's playing him. And it was just mind blowing. But yeah, I had literally like that, all of that was fascinating to witness from that movie perspective. Um, any wild cards for this category? No. Okay. Um, I feel like I should vote last because I haven't seen one of the most prominent. So okay, if there's a decision already made before it gets to me, great. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm keep Jessica. Oh, I'm keeping Jessica. What did you say? I'm voting Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I'm keeping the chastity. All right, this is what I was so afraid of because, <laughs> like, because I haven't seen vote vote for the one that you've seen. <laughs> Like, right, that's the thing is like, but I'm like, but that's not fair to the category. And like, yes, that's me being a bad host and a bad movie fan. Right. But it's like, I shouldn't vote for the thing I haven't seen, even though like, man, if I would have seen it, but like, I I also haven't seen Lost Daughter Parallel Parallel Mothers, so I can't be like the Penelope Cruz bandwagon. And I I really like Nicole Kidman in the movie, but in in being the Ricardos, but not not enough to, so... Just like, this, this is so pay. conflicting to me, right? Like, <laughs> come on. As much as it, come to as much that. as it pains me, yes, Jessica Chastain, and it's it doesn't pay me pain me because I it pains me because I feel like I so yeah, I am doing fine. a disservice to Kristen Stewart. Here. Yeah. So, um, asterisk this asterisk this this win. Okay. Um, how about this? Just make sure you watch Spencer before next year, and then we can talk about whether that's changed. No promises. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. Big Lead one. Actor. Here we are, Let's folks. Start. <laughs> let's. All right. Let's get it out of the way. Alice asked about it. I said, let's be brief about it. Will Smith is the winner for. Um, King Richard in this, and she asked if we're talking about the ceremony. I said we are talking about the awards. Give me, give me your thoughts. One year removed from the slap, and how the Academy has responded, and how you feel about it a year removed. Shane, do you want to go first? I think that's fair. One, I think it's a joke that like he doesn't have to show up, but he can still win awards. So like. He doesn't have to sit through all the crap and then he gets to win anyway if he's nominated and actually wins. So I think that's funny. Um, He didn't even care until Jada Pickett Smith stared over at him and gave him an eye. He was laughing along with Chris Rock. So 
I just, I could not believe that actually happened. And I remember at my Oscar party, everybody, my friend, everyone's like, was that a work? I'm like, Chris Rock looks legitimately yes. disheveled. He actually 100%. hit him. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone was like, and oh, that must have been a bit. But you're like, no, no, that's. No, no matter what people say, if it was a bit, it wouldn't have been censored. Yeah. Exactly. No. And the and worst you can part tell, is, you can we'll tell never with get Chris Rock. We'll never get Chris Rock as the host of the Oscars again, which kind of disappoints me because at Wait, least what his opening you, monologue. Do we? Do we think so? Do we think do that again after that? I don't know that they've officially did anything, but it would be hard. Yeah, I no, I don't. I'm not saying that the Academy did anything. Mm. I Mm. think Chris Rock's never going to say yes to doing it again after he got slapped on stage like that. I think it's one of those. I don't. I don't know that Chris Rock would, but I also. I also think the Academy wouldn't ask him. Yeah, but like in an unofficial way. Smart, they would. Yeah, because. He's one of the best hosts that they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually interesting and actually will give a monologue that's memorable. Um, but I just think that this was, I didn't think they could get worse than announcing La La Land as best picture winner. And then, then I didn't think they could get worse than setting up Chadwick Boseman to fail and leaving Joaquin Phoenix out there all awkward um, while everybody was mad. And then and we, no, like, and then and we then see a literal happened. battery. I'm like, yeah. I'm just like, I didn't think it could get worse. This year? <laughs> all right. Let, let me, I'll give my brief thoughts. Um, I think, I think Shane, I think I agree with Shane where Will Smith can be nominated, but not be present is silly. Um, um anyway, I think um, I think that ultimately the the party that I think handled things best last year was the academy was Chris, Chris Rock because mm-hmm. um, uh, I think and and I think it shows that I just saw an article earlier today that says he's finally going to speak out about it on his new Netflix special and like who knows what that's going to look like how it's going to oh age, he's going to make but, so much money off of that <laughs> but like. But but just he has held his tongue for a year. Like that is a sign of maturity. And Will Smith, when he accepted his oh, award, he gave a speech, and I didn't. I I I did not like it um, because also, it, it it was a fake apology, mm-hmm. and it, it it wasn't even an apology. He he apologized to the Academy, but not to Chris, Chris Rock. And, yeah, because and ultimately, for like love. yes, justice for Questlove too. Um, so here's my biggest thing, right? Um, my biggest thing is I think the Academy has changed things by, by assembling a crisis team. Mm-hmm. The Academy should screen jokes. Yep. They do on, they do on SNL. They do on pretty much every other. What if somebody would have screened the joke, then why, then do you think somebody would have flagged that? But I no. also maybe, wonder, maybe I, not. I, yeah, I was going to say, no, I don't think that would. I think I don't think it would have been flat. Perfectly normal but joke then would the, come out. The fault is, but then the fault is on the academy, not on the person for being. The academy can't be like we didn't know what he was going to say. No. Th- then they could have been like we didn't think that that would be enough, and we and we that's not that's not a flaggable joke. Yeah. And I understand why Will and Jada reacted the way they did, especially you know like as a married person, if my wife would be offended by something in a in publicly 
quote unquote like humiliated if you want to call it. Um like you're a I public get it, figure. Right? Yep. There's a comedian hosting an award ceremony. It could have been worse. It could have been Ricky Gervais. Well and like well and again the fact the fact that he just the fact that he just took it and he laughed it off. Yeah. Um yep. even though it, it must have hurt. So you yeah, didn't see Tom Hanks running up and to me i feel i feel like the academy should screen should should screen their jokes and i would not flag that and my my, like if, my if i was the person reviewing my brief thoughts so, uh, of this i think that will smith handled silly. it as poorly as a human could physically handle it like it felt like he was just trying to get in his wife's good books because we all saw he laughed and it it if you really do feel that way. You certainly don't act out in violence because I think what that showed was a complete disregard for like comedians and say what you want. Yes, maybe it was too too far, but I agree with you, Aaron. I don't think even if it had been screened, that would have been screened because it seemed like a perfectly benign joke, um, especially for something that wasn't public knowledge with like I had literally had no idea that apparently Jada had um, alopecia. Everyone just thought she shaved her head but all of that aside i think that is not the forum to do it if you want to do it in your even when you win do it in your speech do it in a press release do it in a post that is the time to do it you do not enact violence on such a big public forum and i think that the it's a joke that the academy let him keep his oscar and yeah then just gave him such a easy out with the oh he's banned for 10 years but if he still gets nominated he could still win like that is just the weakest I, I like, form of punishment i like the ban i and i i'm fine like the the votes were already in mm. um but how about give him his award off stage and yeah, don't let him don't come let him have a speech and, again i agree with that i, I feel they should yeah, not have I let feel him like go I'm, up there that was I a feel like a lot of people speech. were probably like probably changed their mind pretty quickly because oh there's Will Smith crying on stage and he he seems but it wasn't even like remorseful crying but if you, that but I if you felt, listen to the words that yeah. he says he's not he's not he was not remorseful in the moment I doubt he I doubt he still is I know you can say in hindsight I wish I would have acted better but well he didn't even do that until like a week later when clearly his PR team was like For the, do some say sorry right. please like. And I mean, he's gotten kicked off so many movies as a result of that. I think that the damage is done. I just think, yeah, maybe don't revoke the award. Don't give him the chance to talk and just kind the of. The award's already been yeah, done. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. You, you, you send him home for the night and you say, we will deal with this later. Yeah. And and you deal oh. with it later. And I also think in that instance, I think you just, you, I mean, Chris Rock was already done with this stuff for the night. So, but hey, just for everybody's sake, I just need you to go for the night too. Yeah. And but but yeah. Probably, yeah but like I wouldn't give him any consequences. Yeah, but well, I, I think the way the, the way that he handled it was 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 telling enough of yeah. his character. Uh, Will Chris Smith, Will Smith, and he's going to be in roles that are potentially going to be Oscar um, contenders within a couple of years. It's like that's just going to happen because that's how it works. Because mm-hmm. like Mel Gibson got nominated for best director. For Hacksaw Ridge, yep. after everything mm. happened with him, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. You have you have a film like King Richard that is clearly going for the best the best uh, actor Oscar. If you're the studio, are you hiring Will Smith knowing he can't attend the ceremony? No way, and you can't. Yeah, absolutely not. Not a chance. Um, I, I I want I, I want that I, YouTube clip of accepted speech going viral. I want that bo- boosting. 
publicity. I want the Academy not to be afraid to even nominate him because then they know that means he has to show up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, well, I, I'm not giving him a role like that. I'm giving him Men in Black Four. You know, like, and he's I would still love to be in Men movies that are going to make money because it's Will Smith. So yeah, I think but, he's gonna but be not. Fun. I don't think he'll get the he'll he'll get Bad Boys Four, which I know is already in the making. Yeah. Like, but the, like he'll. Mm-hmm. I I don't know the next time we'll see because if it is a ten year ban and he can't show up. Why would you? Why would you pick somebody you know cannot be there in person to accept the award? But you know? also for and, me, a well, ten year ban casting post, Anthony Hopkins and things. Well, but but that, <laughs> and he's like, not going to show up again. Asterisks for COVID, right? Mm. Like, yeah. You know, well, that wasn't but, even COVID. So, Before that, he didn't show up for the two popes. They did the same with he Catherine Hepburn. She never, he's she never old. showed up. She always got nominated. It, there's always going to be actors who aren't going to show up. Anthony Hopkins mm. is old. He's in Wales and he's asleep <laughs> by the time that the awards are on. So I just think I think this is going to blow over a lot quicker than it should. But that's just how Hollywood that's the name works. of the game. Yep. So, but let's move on. Yep. Um, his performance is is Oscar Beatty, yep. and he's fine. But as we mentioned earlier, Angelina steals steals the movie yep. right out from under him. Next performance. <laughs> um, being the Ricardos, Javier Bardem. Um, he's good. He was so miscast in this movie. Mm. Like, I just feel like if you tell me. I'm going to cast Javier Bardem to play Ricky. I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. It just, I'm, I'm not familiar with I Love Loosely, so like, I don't know. I thought he was fine in the role. I it don't was, think he, was he wasn't so Desi weird to me. Yeah. I felt like they were like, yeah. oh, he had, he had a really great moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the exact thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm an Italian-American. You're not going to cast a six-foot, one, 300-pound person to be like Yogi Berra. Yeah, <laughs> it just like it just don't make any sense, and it just felt so weird. And you know he's a great actor, so he did good work. But like mm. this one, this one just sticks out weird for me. But you know I'm not surprised he got nominated. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch for the Power of the Dog. <laughs> so good. What a- Oh, he's horrible. great. I want, he's I just, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, as an actor, as an actor, I should say he's he's not he's not won an award yet, right? No, like, he's not won an Oscar. No, and I'm no. very angry um, about it both times. Because I mean, he, uh, he was a frontrunner for Imitation. Game, yeah, right? he was. And then uh, I can't remember who was that. Was that Theory of Everything Year? Maybe not. Hang on. I think so. Yes, it could have uh, been. Yeah, Eddie Redmayne. Uh, yeah. Cumberbatch is so good in this role and like he he's so good at every role that I've that I've seen him. Like can you think of a role that you've thought like yeah, I'd rather have somebody else in that. Like No, cuz he's I mean, so he, good. He's so good as Doctor Strange, he's so good as Sherlock, he's so good as Smaug, mm-hmm. right? He, oh especially watching videos of him doing Smaug is just He should have got an Oscar for best <laughs> um motion capture performance for that yeah just for like how much he was acting like an actual lizard it was amazing um yeah but yeah um i mean yeah he's so good and he's he's excellent in this movie um and then the other film that we have talked about from this category is the tragedy of macbeth uh denzel 
Denzel's, Denzel's great. good. I think I thought Denzel and Francis McDormand were both great in this. And like, what else would you expect from Denzel Washington? Like he, I feel like he really dove into like he got the material. Um, he got to be Macbeth, and he did a really good job with it. And yep. he deserved the nomination. I wasn't. Was I wouldn't vote for him to win. No, but like I think he deserved getting nominated. Yeah, Denzel was Denzel. <laughs> he was very good yeah. at what he does, but he was not the best. <laughs> um. And then that leads to Andrew Garfield. The year of Andrew Garfield between Eyes of Tammy Faye, mm-hmm. a Spider-Man No Way Home, and he's nominated for Tick, Tick, Boom. And also in that show. Oh, gosh. What's it called again? The, um, well, he under was also ban- in Manic. Yeah, under the Banner well, of Heaven. Under the Banner of oh, Heaven. So but that, was that, was a, that was a 2022. Right? Oh, yeah. damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was in also he, he was in Manic that year, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He should have got the Emmy. Um, like, I feel like he was... Was Manic was was that March twenty twenty two, the A twenty four film he did in like March? No, what Manic is. No, not Manic. What's the name of that? Me, um, uh, the 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 stream one mid m- mega stream. Uh, <laughs> Main look stream? it up. Main oh my stream. god, that was crazy. Was that twenty twenty one or twenty? I think that's twenty. I don't remember. Those kinds of movies bleed together. Honestly, mm-hmm. what how either way ago either- I watched them. Um, Either way, Garfield was the performer of the year when you count the cumulative yeah. Spider-Man um, be- that and Tick, Tick, Boom. I might be tipping my hand here, but like Andrew Garfield killed this. Like he was very so good. good. Him, like I wasn't expecting the singing part. Like, mm. well, and neither was he yeah. when he got cast. <laughs> <laughs> the energy, like that one song with him and Vanessa Hudgens. Doing like their really fast, high pitched voice, like therapy. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, I was floored watching this movie. Also, quick side note: this came out on my thirtieth birthday, and I watched oh. it on my thirtieth birthday. And when he started singing about being 30, thirty, I'm like, yeah, I am personally attacked here. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. but like, which is funny because I watched this and King Richard in the same night. And because they both came out on the same day, mm. um, Christmas, yeah, huh? No, no, they were just before. They were like late November nineteenth. Yeah, my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I was floored by him mm. in this movie, and I really wanted him to win. To be perfectly honest, I knew he wasn't going to, but I really wanted him to. No, he was really Alice, good. He he really like captured just the role and everything about it. And having known the Rent story previously and knowing Tick Tick Boom, like especially considering he didn't sing before this, I'm like, go get yourself in a musical, man. What are you doing? Like, yeah, no, nah, he's fantastic. He's gonna have an egot one day. Yeah, it's coming one day sooner than anybody thinks. He could have got that um, Emmy. Mm-hmm. He should have got that Emmy. Mm-hmm. Should have got that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, wild cards. Mm-hmm. So I do have one, and this is me just saying it because I already used my official one. Okay. By Javier Bardem, I would have put in Dev Patel from The Green Knight. Ooh. Okay. 
I thought it was an interesting dynamic and unexpected performance. And I think he's a really underappreciated actor. But you don't get to actually kick out Javier Bardem because correct. So please, somebody else cannot use this. (laughs) Um, So so now we know all three of Shane's, right? No. No, 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 we know two, because you did the Green Knight and the Green Knight here. Um, so I'm going to use my wild card here. Okay. No, never mind. No, I'm not. Never mind. Oh. No, I'm not. Uh, I, one of my three wild cards is in this category. What is it? Um, um, I, and I chose, and I chose not to do this as per... Typically, what I've done on this show in the past is is nominate somebody that I just want to give recognition to, mm. and I wind up not I wind up not even voting for them anyway. Um, but I really, really, really wanted Daniel Craig to have a nomination for 007. Mm. Um, so I want I, think, I, I think, want Daniel Craig to get nominated for Benoit Blanc someday. Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, <laughs> if 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 007 was ever going to get nominated yeah. for it was yeah. best. For 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 best actor, um, mm. that was the role. If it was ever going to be best, like I could see a best picture nominee from that one, but Skyfall Casino Royale feel a little bit more mm. likely. But I feel if if Skyfall or Casino Royale came out now, like those are better movies than No Time to Die. If either of those came out this year, I could see. I think we're finally at the point, you know, like Black Panther got that nominee. Yeah, you know, we're giving Avatar one. Joker. Like we're we're kind of <laughs> Joker. We're kind of finally at that point where, man. I, Casino Royale could be a best picture winner to me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I like Casino Royale more than Skyfall, but they're neck and neck for me. So, um, so that was one of my three wild cards. I'm not actually using that one. Okay. okay so, so, um, I'm gonna stop so, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's my vote. I think he's amazing, and for the love of God, just give the man an Oscar already. I'm voting Andrew Garfield. I'm also voting Andrew oh, Garfield. Come on, Benedict. We didn't All even right. give him an Oscar. <laughs> oh, one day. Look, I, I if if Garfield wasn't so good in Tick Tick Boom, right. then I would then I would give it to Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch is is my number two, but it's not close. Um, All right, so, fine, yeah. fine. <laughs> yep. Um, you lose, Alice. Uh, this is fun because this is this is a lot like like last year. Shane and Alice were on the same wavelength, and I was always like, I want to pick this different thing. Yeah. And you know, it feels like Shane and I are a little bit more on this year. And I Alice feel like I just like, hey, hey, I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say, hey, there was Katrina Balfi. Don't 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 discount the wavelength oh, just true. yet. No, to uh, be honest, anyway. I'm just going kind of swinging wild tonight. So yeah. Um, and then best director category. Uh, let's let's circle back around to Licorice Pizza. Uh, Any additional thoughts? Yeah, I don't really know why he was nominated. It's... To be perfectly honest. Oh, I know because they love him. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, if... I mean, I mean, uh, even though we all said we didn't really like the movie, screenplay kind of makes sense, though, right? Like, because yeah. there is some interesting things going on there, and I think there's some interesting directing going on here, but not not, not Oscar enough nominated that I would put it in this category. Yeah. yeah. No. Nah. Nah. Next. Uh, drive my car. Let's circle back around there. I mean, I feel like yeah, every that's... year we're gonna get a international director getting nominated. Which I like. I'm for it. I do like. Yeah. I'm for it. Although, yeah. hang on, is there one nominated this year? Ruben, no, I don't think so. 
Didn't uh, Ruben Ostland get nominated for Triangle of Sadness? Or am I That's not an international film, can... though. No, it's not. Is it not? I mean, it's not in the foreign language categories. So it's on the international categories. So. No. <laughs> well, just because it's isn't, an the, isn't the category person. foreign language? Well, isn't the category foreign language? Film? It's foreign language. No, they changed yeah, the name but... of it. Yeah, yeah. the requirement it still means is the it same has to be in a foreign language. Yes, but right. But Triangle of Sadness is in English, but it is a f- non-Hollywood film, right? No, I think America. It's know, still American. It. Like if you go on Wikipedia, it's like America and Sweden and blah 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 blah. I don't know. Woody Harrelson is in it. Like, let me look at it right now. Yeah, that was unexpected. (laughs) I saw Woody Harrelson, and I'm like, what? Either, either way, yes, I like this tradition. Twenty four different companies that were that was the. (laughs) Here we go. Was All Quiet not nominated for director? Because it was nominated for everything. So these are all these are all the countries that are involved in Triangle of Sadness: Sweden, Germany, France, UK, Mexico, Denmark, Greece, Switzerland, US, and Turkey. (laughs) <laughs> nice and then there's one two three four five six seven different languages yep but it's not uh, technically an international thing. film well technically it doesn't need to be all in a foreign language because look at the quiet girl that's true i think it's just the majority but i think a lot of like foreign language films often have there's a little bit of english if they're traveling or you know talking to someone in english and stuff so yeah i think it's just the majority but of anyway anyway how many yeah, you got ruben nominated ruben oslin todd, <laughs> todd field mark mcdonough steven spielberg and the daniels are yes the nominees so not year, so. not this year so if ruben counted but yet yeah, no no um all quiet which was nominated for every other category that's bizarre um bizarre um, i think my win but we'll have to see. But anyway, so Hamaguchi got nominated for Drive My uh, Car. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, totally see why. Totally see why this is done. Yeah. Um, yep. Absolutely. And I think as well, if you manage Brandon to make for a, Belfast? a three-hour film entertaining, you should get that. I loved that he got nominated. I I really mm-hmm. did. Even though you fell asleep during his film, and you're saying. Oh, yeah. I drive my car. Yeah, no, but I, I went back and I watched the bits yeah. I fell asleep during. So it was just because it's so long, but I do think it was well directed. But yes. Kenneth Branagh, oh, I really, I really wanted him to win. <laughs> like, I knew he was I feel like this to. is the, I feel like this is the specialty, like, because they didn't get in cinematography and they're like, we make sure we get him in director. Yeah. Um, so. It's yeah. This film is so gorgeous. Everything about it, like the black and white, makes sense. It's it's um, yeah, four by three aspect ratio makes with sense. the square instead of a like makes sense. It it kind of has an older grain mm-hmm. to it. It feels like a memory. Uh, the colors, yeah, the colors are a little mm-hmm. off. Yeah, it's th- everything about this film was directed to it. it it's almost like. You know, you got to think that a person like Kenneth Branagh, like in their head when they think of memories, it's. It's it's them up in an attic pulling out old film reels yep. and yeah that's chitty chitty bang bang. Th- this felt like if you would like 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 Branagh in his, made this movie for himself and nobody else. Yeah, 
he wanted to just recapture his and childhood, then we all maybe loved for his him grandkids, and, right? So and, his grand, so his grandkids could understand yeah. what his childhood. No, was it, like. it felt yeah. personal, and it felt like which honestly isn't that. That's um, I think we might have talked about this last year, but what Denis Villeneuve always says is that he's like the only person I make movies for is myself, and that's why. I always love his films because I'm, you know, if you try to please everybody, you're going to end up mucking up somehow. But it's like if you just work on something you know you're going to enjoy, someone's going to connect. And that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. West Side Story. Uh, especially after watching this again, I think, like, he might win this year. He should have won last year for this. Really? You think he's going to win this year? No. I don't think so. Good shot. Like a really good shot. I hope the Daniels win. I think the Daniels. The Daniels Daniels won the DGA. But since if if we were looking at just these five, I would give the award to Spielberg because I've kind of sung my praises on the technical aspects of West Side Wow. Um. Uh, the and like, like and again, I, I I still I still like all my issues with West Side Story, fine, but this film is remarkable. I think I like this more than the original film because his direction elevated it more than the direction of the original film, which honestly, in a lot of ways, it's kind of felt like you're trying to film a musical performance. And mm. this felt cinematic and in yeah. added layers to that. And I think I just, you know, if Spielberg's going to win an award in the 2020s, I wish it was for this, but we'll see. And the winner was Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. Well-deserved. Yeah. It, she was... Not, I wouldn't say that her direct, like, yes, of course, it would have been very important to make the film as it was, but I personally, she wouldn't have been my pick, but still, she's very, very good. Well, well, well deserved, respectable nomination, but yeah, as I just yeah. said, I would have voted West Side Story over this. Yeah. Anybody else besides me have a wild card for this? I one? did. It's not obviously the one I went for, but mine was going to definitely be Denis, like for Dune. It's just. It's a Mad Max. How did they not do that? It's It's a Arrival and Mad Max and Blade Runner 2049 all over again, where it's literally like it's such a good movie and it's entirely because of like, not entirely, but there's a lot of it has to do with the direction and you ignored him again. And I hate it. I had fun story. I had my, Oscar picks on a notepad watching the, mm. I guess, the 2016 ceremony for the 2015 films. And I chucked my notebook when <laughs> uh, George Miller didn't win for Mad yeah. Max. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> um, so, so Alice, you, that, that is your third. You're, yeah. you're, you're done with. Yeah. Yeah. This pains me. Um, this pains me so much. I had two. One of these I was considering and didn't is not official three. One of them is my one of my official three. Now I just have to make the 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 decision. Let me say let me say one that I was considering that I'm not going with. I think uh, John M. Chu for In the Heights uh, deserves mm. a lot more love because that film is directed remarkably. Mm. Um, 
And I think like, especially some of the ways that the cameras move, I, I really, 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 really. Mm-hmm. When, when, when nominations came out, I said the fact that West Side Story got nominated and in the Heights didn't is yeah. baffling. Um, so. Oh boy. All right. Here's my predicament. Do I stick with my gut and go what I was always initially intending, thinking that we would all have the same for a best picture? Or do I change because I thought I was secure that we would all have a best picture wild card? I do have best picture wild card, but it's definitely not something that you both are going to nominate. So, <laughs> Well, and... At this point, I'm the only one with a wild card left to use. Mm-hmm. So Correct. do, so do I use it with what my what my initial gut was, because I thought safe that we would all have the same best picture nominee. And you were wrong, <laughs> and I was dead wrong. So the question is, if it's the one I'm thinking I'm, about, I'm actually I would asking for a response. Uh, if do it's I, the one I'm thinking about. Because I, I had, I'm. It was very closely one of my wild cards, very closely. But I decided that the other ones were more deserving. Then I wouldn't be mad at that because I would vote for the one that one if it is the one I'm thinking about. But if it is not, I don't know. <laughs> now I'm thinking there's like two directors I I would. <laughs> put in here that i'd probably well there's definitely one i would vote over any of these five yeah i don't think you guys have a clue what i'm pulling for what what i'm thinking for director wildcard i know you would all vote it with me though i need to know what this is now (laughs) but i need to make my decision on whether or not i'm making it my official wildcard or if i'm just saying it and saving my official do you think that your best picture nominee would win. I would pick it. But that's not much. Well, I can guarantee you I'm not going to. So I could at least give you that. But I might. <laughs> Ooh, but like, like I'm looking at it and it's like, I want my one to win so bad. I could be okay with three other options. I want mine to my wild card to win best picture. Well then, I know if I know if I use my wild card and best director, it's not a competition. We all agree and we move on. Ooh, so interesting. I think you got to go with your gut. I don't know what it is, but I think you have to go with your gut. The gut never lies. The gut never lies. But I only had my gut set on it because I really thought all three of us would have a wild card reserved for. Best okay, picture. well here's the question: Which would you prefer if if this is real? Which of these would you prefer have the win? Which would make you happier? Okay. <laughs> I made my decision. <laughs> I will reserve my official wild card oh my God, until was, we get to best picture. Was it going to be Denis? It was not. Okay. Lin-Manuel Miranda? No. Oh, who was it? I kind of thought it would be for this, Tick, Tick, Boom, honestly. Yeah. Uh, no, I asked. I, I I made sure to ask a clarifying question first. I would put Bo Burnham in for Inside. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I would have voted for that. <laughs> so you probably went the right decision then. 
Yeah, I mean, like I th- I thought that that's that's so like we need to put like I would I would need to put something in there, and directing makes the most sense because I think that he is putting off. If we'd have had editing, I might have put him in mm. right like that because. If I realized that inside would have been on the table, screw Diane Warren. Give me yeah. anything Instagram. from inside. Yeah. I I just think that that is such an accomplishment and it's more of an accomplishment like to me because because he's the director and it and it kind of encapsulates he was the writer, the sole mm-hmm. writer, the sole, the sole star, the sole editor, the sole producer. I get that they're all technically roles, but that was yeah, his vision fulfilled completely by exclusively him. So my my honorable mention that I'm not using my wild card to one of my three that I'm not using my wild card for is inside. Mm. Well, I definitely would have voted for Denis because I think it's a travesty. Yeah. Like how how I think it's a travesty Dune, too. But how does yeah. do how does Dune work without Denis Villeneuve <laughs> directing that movie? I know. How do you nominate Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza over Dune? I, I don't get it. I don't um, understand how this always happens where it's like there's these movies that have all of these nominations in the technical categories which are literally overseen by the director and then might even have like some of the other categories like in this case screenplay and then you don't and then you nominate Licorice Pizza instead I oh, just it's so stupid. <laughs> it's just so anyway all right so so given that i'm not officially yeah. using a wild card, wild card nobody else had anything that means that we are moving forward with just these five yep. nominees and as i tipped my hand earlier i'm voting west side story okay i'm i'll go I'm next also voting spielberg damn oh I sorry would, no no that's okay that's okay because i wouldn't have won anyway i wanted belfast so that's fine yeah that's fine that's fine. Oh, we're here. Oh my god, I can't wait to hear what this wild card is. You know what it is. You, everybody listening knows what it is, and that's but that's the problem. Like, and that's okay. Like, I'm I'm not I've not been shy about my feelings towards this movie, and it's okay, right? But I'll, we'll get there. Um, let's kick off the licorice pizza wagon. Um, Shouldn't again. it's not a best picture. It's it's not a best next. I feel the exact same about King Richard. I can't believe that's on here. Honestly, sometimes I'm just kind of like, why? Just because it has a best actor or whatever does not make a best picture make. Like, let's be honest here. Who's going back and watching King Richard? Really? I've no interest to ever. I I own a 4K copy, and the only reason is because Dicer had two, and as we were leaving Spotsky, was like, does anybody want these? So I grabbed a Sonic the Hedgehog 1 Steelbook yeah. on 4K, nice. King Richard on 4K, because nobody wanted because because nobody else there wanted them. I'm like, I don't have either of these movies. Sure, I'll take them for free. Sonic 1's a great And choice. I wanted to watch Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was for sure going to take Sonic, yeah. but I was... Jim yeah. Carrey for Best Supporting um, Actor. Honestly, though... <laughs> Okay, so we got King Richard and Lucas Pizza out of the way. I'm going to work from what I feel like our general consensus if we were going to rank these 10 to 1, okay. at least at the bottom here. Would it be fair to say Don't Look Up would be next? I wouldn't have nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. It It's an interesting choice, but it was one of my favorite films of the year. Um, I enjoyed it. I really, I didn't I, hate it as much as I, so again, many people did. I would, I would bump Licorice Pizza and King Richard off long before I would bump off Don't Look I Up. I agree. 
I don't know if Shane does. Probably Nightmare Alley would be next. Yeah. That was, it's so yeah. random. It, there's just these ones where it's like, oh, okay, sure. They just like pop into the best picture category. And you're just they like, got to oh. get Bradley Cooper as many Oscar nominations as possible. <laughs> I understand Nightmare Alley and I'm okay with yeah. it. I think it belongs in this best picture category. Um, Probably Drive My Car would be next. Yeah. Is that fair? Yep. That's very fair. Very fair. We've we've sung its we've sung its praises, and but it's not as many praises as for the next few. Um, this is where things start to get dicey, right? And the, so, so that was kind of our bottom five, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to say we picked the right in the bottom five, mm-hmm. at least from what I can gather from what we said about things. So now we have the top five. Yep. Um. Well, I'm probably going Belfast here as my fifth favorite of these five, like fifth ones i would pick no way i'd put i west know side I'm, story i know that alice next. is not gonna yeah. agree with them but <laughs> i'd put west side story next personally i'll agree with that because i ha- because i have enough issues with west side story with the story and stuff mm. like that so that's okay i would um, probably put but again like coda or dune <laughs> nope <laughs> nope i nope. also agree no um, no way I'm watching Belfast, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story over both of them. Incorrect. I'm ashamed. Of you. <laughs> uh, all right. At least I got an end of a movie with three of them. Sorry, Dune. That's fine. Dune. That's fine. Dune would have been like three or yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still, I still feel that way. Where it's like it's half of a movie and it's a technical masterpiece, but I'm certainly not giving it this award. Yeah, agreed. The next one might though. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and yeah, again, I have enough issues with West Side Story. It's not even a competition. Yep. Next, let's 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 just bring it down. I know Alice is really excited about let's let, like, and, and I'm not trying to say we're counting down what we're actually picking, but I'm just saying as we're running through all these, right? Um, Belfast. It came down to Coda and Power of the Dog last year. Yeah, like I didn't that was want that it was too, it. Though. Every everybody came expecting one of those two to win. Mm. I'm surprised Coda I'm won. Pleasantly surprised Coda won. I'm happy Coda yes, won. I think it was the better movie to um, have won. I think that it's one also I do agree with the brilliance of a lot of Power of the Dog, but I just think Coda has so much more I don't know, like I'd rather rewatch that one, you know? Not just because it's more pleasant, oh. just I think because of what it does and the character and the story behind it feels better having said that i prefer um, <laughs> these are this this is the distinction but for me on what's a what's a film i enjoy more versus what is a film i think is better mm-hmm. um and this and we had this conversation last year and Charlie chicago 7 was my favorite film of 2020 but I voted Promising Young Woman because I think Promising Young Woman more fits what the best picture st- should stand for. It's not whatever film I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. It is whatever film I think is relevant and important and meaningful and and well-made. And I am thrilled. I am over the moon that Coda won because I think that, like you said, Alex, mm-hmm. there is so many things that um there's so many things that have changed because of coda's 
Yeah. The, the love for Coda. There's there is a lot more inclusivity. Uh, Troy Kotzer was at the Super Bowl mm. like this year. He he mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. If if Coda wasn't it wasn't made. You know, like they wouldn't have had a de- a person there yeah. signing. Um that that's that's huge. I just think the inclusivity that it promoted purely by showing, hey, we can have just as engaging of a story like it doesn't this is also what i think about it like it yes it has obviously the fact that the coda element and death element is an important part of the story but ultimately that's not the, the story at the core it's like you can just have a movie that happens to have deaf people in it and it still be an incredibly engaging movie that doesn't just literally have to be about somebody suffering because they're deaf like they all, all the characters in it live rich, fulfilling lives and feel like real people and just happen to be deaf. And that's part of it, of course, because everyone's like everything that makes up everyone makes up part of what affects them. But like, I do think, yeah, I, I think I was so happy when it won because of what that would mean and what it already has meant. So, so this is where it comes down to me. Um, Again, favorite versus best, yeah. important, relevant. Ver- like I, I, I'm not trying to say that Power of the Dog is completely irrelevant, mm. but Coda has much more to say about where we're at yeah. and about society than Power of the Dog does. Right? Power of the Dog is an excellent story that is very well crafted and mm. very well acted and all that. So I think the better film is Power of the Dog, but the film that I like more is Coda, right? Mm -hmm. It's this juxtaposition of what do we go for best feature? I think there's a movie that does both of them well, and it's my wild card pick. I'm putting in mass and I'm taking out licorice pizza. Oh, interesting. That's not the one I was thinking. (laughs) And I'm that's exactly what I thought you were gonna do. I'm I'm officially After I made the movie, yeah. I also well, wanted to put Mass's original screenplay. Mentioned but... the act, um, Alice mm. mentioned the actors, and then you're like, I'll get back to that. And mm. then you didn't mention any of the performances at all. I'm like, well, that's probably going to be the best picture one then. I think all four of them could have been there. I could. I think original screenplay should have been one. Yeah. I, I, I'm talking about my juxtaposition between, with, with Coda and with, um, uh, with Power of the Dog. And I think thinking back on last year's where i where i said that promising young woman is is my best picture winner of the year even though it was my third or fourth favorite film of the year and i still loved it i think it had it wasn't my favorite film of the year because it was trial of chicago 7 but it had enough of a message and it was better made than trial of chicago 7 which i thought that i don't have as many problems with that film mm. technically as other people do so i think i think mass encapsulates excellent performances excellent screenplay excellent um uh uh like just Mm. overall it's a very well-made film um so cinematography yeah all that all that counts um but it's important and it's relevant and i think at least putting it in this category that's why i'm also that this is the thing that sold me on moving this to my wild card if mass would have been nominated, a lot more people would have seen it. Yep. And I just think that with an event like, uh, like the shooting in Uvalde, mm. if people would have had a resource like mass that they were familiar with that, that could have really helped. And I think that, I think that mass encapsulates everything that a best picture winner should be. So I'm officially voting for my wildcard mass to be the best picture winner. Mm. And I'm done talking. <laughs> Shane, you go next. I need more time to think. 
I'm voting Belfast. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. What have you done? I was certain Shane was gonna vote Power of the Dog. Oh, I was I literally said my number too. one movie of the year was Belfast earlier. Yeah, so But again, Damn. but again, this is juxtaposition between favorite and best, right? Oh, what I is don't more think worthy of a best way. picture than when you mm. I know. I know you when know. I'm that's why my top movies of the year, I'm not just isolating which ones I enjoy more and which ones I think are better films. It's all part of the same process. Because the thing is, like, I don't just watch movies mm-hmm. at this point for just enjoyment. I watch them for the art of film and what they do mm-hmm. and what they, they get you to think about. And Belfast is a wonderful, funny heartwarming film that has such a poignant backdrop of religious tensions and prejudice and things that we deal with every single day specifically in america all the time non-stop where people are just being torn apart just because of one aspect of themselves and it's all done through the eyes of a child and the magic of what cinema was able to do for him. Like that moment, him watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with mm. his family and they're all like going off the cliff and they're all like thinking like, oh my God, we're flying. And it's just magical. And all the performances, my heart melts every time I see Jamie Dornan singing to Katrina Bounce in that scene. Ugh. There's something okay. magical about it. This is how I'm going to decide. I'm going to find my... You're going to flip a coin, no, aren't you? No, I'm going to find my 2021 ranking, and I'm going to see which one of these is higher. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. oh, this is so annoying because I thought it was going to be so easy. But I do agree with both of your points. But ultimately, I need to go with Belfast. I do. I do. I think it is the better film. I do think it's the better film. I do think Mass should have gotten so much more recognition than it did. But I think taking into account as to what I think a best picture is, I would have gone with Belfast. And that's just because I think that you're right, Shane. It does encapsulate a lot. I think it does a lot of what Mass does, but on a more artistic level. And so for me, that is what a best picture should be, especially because it does have all so many elements, the cinematography, the score, the performances, the screenplay are all so good and the directing and the whole, this whole entire session I've been like Belfast, Belfast, Belfast. And I can't turn around now and not pick it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I had, uh, I had my top four of the year were in and of itself and then Coda and then tick, tick, boom. And then mass. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Break where, where was Tick Tick Boom too? Like, yeah, no, where I was that like, in the Best Picture? Category? I feel like honestly, half it was the chaotic. In this best Picture. Half like, the movies that were nominated last year were just—it was a mess. It was ridiculous. Like, there was just so much yeah, chaos. In an ideal, in an ideal world, we don't have King Richard. We don't have Licorice Pizza. We do have Mass, and we do have Tick Tick yes, Boom. Yes, hundred percent. I'm looking back at. Like, this is exactly what the point of this podcast is, right? Looking back, looking back, wow, they messed up a lot and got a lot wrong. I also think that being Uh, the Ricardos, yeah, sure, it's good and everything. That shouldn't have been in there. Like, there's just so much where I'm just like, 
why? Like, it's just, it was, and you know what? I think this year's selection of nominees is a lot more cohesive than last year's. Last year's just felt like, uh, I don't know, we'll shove these four in there. Why not? Like, and then it, that's why you ended up with all these really weird categories. While, yeah. Oh, I just realized I didn't get to save my last. Oh, yeah. Wild is it card. the Green Knight? It sure is. <laughs> and sorry, Aaron. Goodbye. Don't look up. Or honestly, King Richard. That. Yeah, King Richard. Well, what about Liquor Pizza? Yeah. I, I already took out Licorice oh, yeah, Pizza. Right. I think there's a lot more in Licorice Pizza that's more artistically merited than just, you know, generic sports dad movie. Yep. That he worked well, yeah, really hard. I went, I I went back out, and forth on unreplacing it. Ultimately, I decided I, it doesn't matter. So which film do I like yeah. least? Licorice Pizza. Plus with all the controversy of the age gap and things. Like I, that. I would take out together. King Richard for The Green mm-hmm. Knight. That honestly, I was going into this just being like, I want to make a point. <laughs> I love that movie, and people should go watch it. That's fair. That's so, fair. I will, Shane. I promise. I have actually point. watched that multiple times already. So, um, so one year hence, next year mm-hmm. when we do this again. Yep. Begrudgingly, mass loses out for me see and here's and here's the beauty of this podcast is i thought for sure we would all have it in our best picture nominees and it, and, and when i found out that wasn't going to be when i figured out that wasn't going to be the case i thought for sure i know that shane's going to vote the green knight but i think when i put mass in there he's going to go with for, for mm-hmm. it with me um but like if i'd have had robert on i know robert would have been he he, he probably would have gone dune or mass um but i think again in terms of best picture I, I feel like you'd have gone. So it's like, I would have expected that would have absolutely won. And, and and if not that, then power of the dog. And here we are with Belfast. And again, even with Coda and no disrespect to Coda. I'm thrilled to Coda yeah, one. Me too. Given that we can't yeah. swap things out. <laughs> and everything like mass didn't make my top 20. I'm like going yeah. back and double checking. No, it made mine. Uh, Belfast was number six for me, and Mass was number thirteen. So, yeah. throwing yeah. out some love for because, like, my top three were Belfast, The Power of the Dog, and Spencer. Can I also and say then, it's just sad the last duel wasn't in the conversation? I was literally about to say my number thirteen film yeah. was the last duel, yeah. and everybody was talking about a House of Gucci. <laughs> when they could have been talking about like an actually good movie yep from Ridley agreed. Scott alright like, I'm going to run down all of our picks let's go um, for cinematography we awarded it to Dune um, which was what, what the Oscars did although that was after deliberation <laughs> um, for score we changed it to go in Kanto um, against my wishes for Dune which was the Academy did you mean to say Shane Kanto uh, <laughs> I'll just keep original song we uh, we affirmed no time to die was the winner um should have been the winner for animated we said that uh mitchell's versus the machines should have been the winner mm-hmm. over in kanto um international uh we flee over uh drive my car which was the actual winner um for original screenplay unanimous belfast for adapted screenplay, we went Power of the Dog instead of the winner Coda. For supporting actor, we unanimously affirmed the Oscars 
choice in Troy Concerts. Coda for Coda for um, supporting actress. A wild card was used, and we said that Katrina Bouth in Belfast should have won when she wasn't even nominated. For lead actor act, actress with an asterisk, we affirm the Academy's decision for Jessica Chastain. For lead actor, we affirm uh, we said Andrew Garfield should have won over Will Smith. For director, we said Steven Spielberg should have won over Jane Campion. And for best picture, we kicked out Licorice Pizza, put in Mass, and Belfast still came out on top. That'll do it. Whoa. What a what a what a run! And Aaron's heart breaks again, having to say that out loud. What's funny is the more we talk about this, the more I realize Banshees of Inisherin's my top film of this she- of like twenty twenty two. I'm like, I guess I just have a thing for Irish movies. <laughs> Mine's everything everywhere. It's yeah. my favorite movie of the year. I've been obsessed with it since I saw it in April, and I'm like, I. This is one of those. <sighs> I'm worried. <laughs> this is one of those I I love everything ever all at once significantly more than any other film mm-hmm. this year. And if Banshees pull out pulls off the best picture win, I won't shed a single tear. Um, it's not my pull, but if any other film is going to win, it better be Banshees. And yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how well this comment is going to end. Oh. Watch Tar win. Oh uh, no! Watch, okay, uh, Tom Cruise, the savior of cinema. He's going to stroll up there yeah. with his Top Gun win. If Top Gun wins, I'm going to smash my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Michelle Yeoh, Ke- <sighs> uh, Ki Hui Kwan, and I want... Uh, I would like Stephanie Hsu to win, but also Angela Bassett winning will be so interesting. But then again, also not, because we've had supporting actors for superhero movies before, so... I mostly just want everything everywhere all at once to sweep. I really want it to sweep. I want to sweep. I want uh, Carrie Condon to win Best Supporting Actress. No! Me too. No, 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 no. She's the, like, she's good, but she's not the winner. Absolutely not. I'd rather all the other choices. And Brendan Fraser. I want Brendan Fraser to win so bad. bad. I want to (laughs) cry. watching his best best actor speech i have never i actually haven't felt that affected by a performance in such a long time if i hadn't been in a movie theater i would have been openly sobbing that's how affected i was i looked i uh mm. i was just gonna say i was a emotional wreck yep in the car afterwards it was bizarre when the movie finished i then turned everyone i was with was crying and then nobody got up Everyone in the theater was just almost like coming to terms with what they were feeling. And I think his performance is just, oh my gosh, like I, yeah, I just can't wait. And it better happen. Come on, Academy. I have to listen to Austin Butler stroll up there and do his stupid Elvis voice. I swear. Oh my gosh. I, I will riot. I, I hope that somebody is listening to this episode. They got through the first three hours, but they're listening to these after the Academy Awards and they're just laughing at us. And we will be listening to this next year uh, to see. Um, let us know what you think about mm-hmm. the three wild card system or if we should just go back to everybody has one and that is it. Um, or if you, or if you have. Interesting. Yeah. 
or if you have other ideas on ways that we can, I, I like the idea of adding, of, of changing a small little thing each year mm. to keep it fresh and interesting. Um, or if you're like, Hey, you know, like documentary really should have been brought up again. Like, cause I, cause I was looking, I was surprised, but we took it off after the first year to save some time. Um, because I would have voted Attica. Um, I haven't seen Semper Soul, but Attica was, Attica was remarkable. Amazing. Anyway, um, so so there's that. So let us know um, if you have suggestions on how we can improve this yearly um, thing. You know the ways to contact the show, and I will list some of them right now. But first, remember that you can follow Alice and Shane at the places they said at the top of the show. I will have um, their Instagrams linked in the um, episode description so make sure to go follow those to go to instagram and you can follow the rest of the places from there um uh you can follow me on twitter or letterboxd at Schweitcastle. um you can send me a follow request on instagram but i post like one thing a year so. <laughs> um uh and a quick reminder sif pop writers room is part of the studio dna network you can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching the studio dna in your podcast player if you are interested in writing for sifpop.com or you want to get in contact with the show send us feed, feedback hit me up on twitter hit sifpop up on twitter or email writersroom@sifpop.com. please don't forget to leave us a review on itunes and or spotify wherever you're listening um and um also as a reminder come back wednesdays every wednesday for an episode tuesdays if you're a patron and um every first full saturday of the month uh robert and a writer will be giving some new release um mini reviews so for the review roundup so alice shane i appreciate your willingness to spend three and a half hours on your friday night or saturday afternoon to take care of this um and to break my heart (laughs) Had a great time. You could join as the club always. with Robert. Yeah, because I broke his heart during a A twenty four tournament by not uh, letting Swiss yeah. Army Man win. <gasps> Wait, what did so, what did you have win? Hereditary. <gasps> no, Swiss Army Man. Oh, you broke my heart. I mean, it's everything ever all at once now. Yes, right? correct. But like, correct. Yeah, but like ex machina. Oh, true. Damn. That guy. They tore my heart out and had that lose to Swiss Army Man earlier, so I did not feel as bad. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I would is probably my favorite A twenty four film, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but it was until, yeah. Anyway, thanks. I appreciate your time uh, doing this every year. Great as always. So, um, so we will see you back here on Wednesday for our regularly scheduled episode. Um, the episode is something. <laughs> I don't have it up on me right now, but you will find out on Wednesday in this feed. Woo.